Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Connie. Hi, y'all. We're really excited to go through and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. See, thoughts and feelings about the book. Uh, Today we are discussing chapter 23 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Christmas on the Clothes Ward, which is just all feelings. And I'm Portia. Brianna is out on the night bus making her way home, but she should be back next week. And on that whole feelings thing, I tried really hard not to have feelings, but then they came out anyway. <laughs> Robin. I'm right, sorry. Y'all can take this one. I'm going to go lay down and you just let me know when you're done. Okay. Because I don't want to be a party to your feelings. And again, Connie, I must say, we, the host, share our thoughts and feelings. And we and... ask you, the listener, okay. to share your thoughts. No feelings. In the script. Okay. In the script. No, but but who's your co-host today? So today, <laughs> we, the co-host share their thoughts and feelings? I really wanted to take that out. But don't, you can only do this when you're co-hosting. <laughs> don't be coming up in Twitter when you're just a listener. Mm, I don't know if I can do that. Put I can't me on promise. the bench. I can't promise that. Anyway, uh, we have some anyway. announcements and reminders want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts so please feel free to tweet along with us with your feelings if you'd like just your thoughts i'm on the podcast you want to know your thoughts but i shared my feelings and then they put me no. on the podcast so use no, the hashtag, that's not how that works use the hashtag wizard team on twitter to follow along because that's what i did and well we're also cousins that's but i just but we decided that after i shared my feelings yeah, that's true. It was more <laughs> the fact that you just were a vampire. And I was anyway, if you love our blog and you love Wither Team and you have a few extra galleons lying around, donate to Black Girls Create. You become a, you can become a Patronus. You can become a Patronus. Is that right? Yeah. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. So we now have, we now have Wither Team merch. merch. Head over to the Black Girls Create website and step up your nerd faction and stationary game. If you want to support the Wizard Team and Black Girls Create, but don't have the funds to do so, you may also rate and review on the iTunes app. And Google and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. If you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Go to blackgirlscreate.org. And we do not have any Wizard Team news today. Thank God, oh, Joan God. gave us a break. <laughs> but what we do have is a birthday. Birthday. Whose birthday is it? Birthday. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's my birthday. And oh, I'm, snap. And I'm old, y'all. I'm getting old. No. Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, shawty. Oh, it's my birthday. We're going to lose a team like it's your birthday. birthday. Poor. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's better. I have different do. birthday songs in my right <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. I don't got no more than birthday. that. <laughs> There's a song birthday, birthday riff off. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Bye. happy birthday Portia thank you for joining us on your birthday oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness 
it's a good um, my 30th. Ariada in the chat room also wants you to know happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, we do have wither team news. This isn't about Harry Potter, but it's about it, it pertains to the team. Right. Don't don't do what you did in the chat. No, I'm not. Um mm. <laughs> our team member Eliana has been kicked off the team. Congratulations, what? you played yourself. That's not news because it actually is the worst. We didn't put that to a vote. She's the worst. I don't think that's I don't think that's how it works. She's the worst. That's not how it works. That is how it works. No, but she's how, but the worst. Then? I don't. It's a team, so it needs to be a, dem- All of a her democratic vote of some sort. From Star Wars to Doctor Who to every, all of her opinions hurt my heart. And then, and oh. then, oh. she had the nerve to try to steal Raza Jaffrey from me. Wow. Talk about she needs to see receipts. It sounds Talk like. Talk about how long he's been my man. A personal wow. problem, perhaps? Yeah, that's not a team problem. Um, yes, one team, one dream. And my dream is for Eliana to <laughs> get some chill. Mm. One team, one it's dream, not- guys. We're all in this together. Not wizard team news. That's Black Girls Create slash Robin news. So which is wizard maybe team we news. should. That's from Robin mm-hmm. Petty Corner. A for, we got to pour one out for a former t- member of the team. But she's Robin still on the team though. <laughs> she didn't get traded. So we didn't make the decision to trade her. Yeah, because we ain't saying goodbye to Eliana. But she's she still gotta on the team go. though. No, she don't. No, she gotta go. No. We welcome dissenting opinions, unless your opinion is that Snape is good, or like, exactly. right? oh yeah. Um, but we do welcome dissenting opinions because Eliana and I are in a mini battle. I haven't started it yet, but in a mini battle, actually, I might not have a battle because I'm too lazy for that. But she thinks the Force Awakens was trash, and I'm like, it ain't that bad. Like it was good. So like, what's all the- of her opinions are wrong. No. Okay, but but we can have You're a dissenting not, opinion without that's not how that works though. Yeah, we can have a dissenting opinion no. without kicking her off the team. Can we though? I mean, oh. I've let a lot of, of, of dissenting opinions slide with Eliana. Like we have let a lot of things go. And she, you're gonna continue to let them go in the name of the team. She proclaimed the Beauty and the Beast was a flop. She just told everybody <laughs> that nobody I mean, was it not? And we let it go. We let it slide. We were like Okay. But how did sure. it do though? Okay, so Granted, there's actually it was, it was like a nominated. A, let's move on to some other slightly wizard team news. Okay. Uh, we have a special uh guest uh <gasps> person who would like to, to say <gasps> hi. These are my friends. Hold on. Yeah, <gasps> put your headphone in. So my cousin Misa, who's it's 11 Misa! years old. Um oh uh oh. She we are has not working. lost headphones. Um, who's 11 years old and I'm visiting her in Florida. She has come to say hi for a bit. Folks uh, of Wizard Team. Hi. Uh, you we, might need to hi, get a Misa. little closer to the microphone. Hi. So, Misa, you read the first Harry Potter book, right? Yeah. I like the sorting hat part in the book. Yay. Okay. Um, so the other Did day you, you were trying sorted, to tell me Misa? what house you thought you were in. I was. I thought I was in. I thought I was in. It's no wrong answer. <laughs> I, know, I just forgot the name. Oh, Hufflepuff. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't think she's uh, a Gryffindor. Cousins. cousins. 
cousins uh, in the house together. Why would you think you're not in Gryffindor? <laughs> She's not in Gryffindor because she can't take everything seriously. Um, what about Slytherin? <laughs> Do you have an opinion on why you're not in Slytherin? I'm not Slytherin because I'm not evil. <laughs> Yeah, she's, you know, she's on the first book, so Slytherin still equals evil um, because Joe didn't mm-hmm. do her job. Why don't you think you're in Ravenclaw? <laughs> I forgot that one. <laughs> also, still first book opinions because oh, Ravenclaw is not given a very big uh, role in that first book. Um, any other Harry Potter thoughts you'd like to share before you go away or sit here silently? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Do you think you're going to read the next book? Wait, wait, wait. I'm not done. She's done. Misa, are you going to read the next book? She's not. I doubt it. Oh. It's oh. going to be a while. She says that her friend is a big Harry Potter fan, but it's just, I, I think it doesn't have enough princesses. How old is she? 11. So Maybe she made a little, little time to, yeah, to like, age up into um, the other books. And I did like force it on her last year. So, <laughs> but that was Misa, um, my cousin. We are so blessed. Um, so blessed to have Misa. She was writing a dragon onesie and she went off to probably, I don't know, do an experiment because uh, what she did earlier today or play on her phone. I don't know. Or play with her dog. She has a new dog. So uh, that was Misa, who I'm valiantly trying to care, make care about Harry Potter, but I am a last failing. But it's fine because we have we share a Disney love, so it's what about not other all a lost cause. She, um, she into Sailor Moon. She is into Sailor Moon. Moon. I started that last year, also. Just you know, getting her into Star all Wars. my favorite things. I mean, she saw Star Wars with us yesterday, but she was kind of you know just laying about, wondering when it would be over. <laughs> But she has seen them, and she's like, "Ooh, that there's a princess in that one," and that's about it. <laughs> so small baby steps, well, and that's the end of the Misa just, portion of our podcast. She's wearing Are a jacket. Sure? I feel like we should just have a we should have a Misa special. Special would be great. <laughs> you know, I'm Misa trash. In case you guys are wondering, <laughs> I love. I love. I her. mean, no one else knows. I've not met her. <laughs> I'm scared that if I do meet her, I'm going to scare her away. <laughs> Yeah, only for the, the stories, two times we have talked via the internet, I've been a big fan. She's even better in person <laughs> when she's not like weirdly shy, even though there's no people for her to stare at and be scared of. But you know, I mean, not to the same way. I don't know what it are. is. You put like Google Hangouts in her face, and she's like, she got all the opinions off the camera. Right. <laughs> right. Misa had a whole experiment right. show like she was Bill Nye the Science Guy earlier. And all of a sudden, she can't say hi on a podcast when nobody's going to see her face. I don't get it. But anyway, yeah. on to the chapter. Christmas on the clothes ward. And guys, it's Ugh, a week from Christmas. Really like, the timing on this is just clutch. It is beautiful timing, I must say. Like, all of our Wither Team timing has been spot on since we started this podcast. But I do really, really wish Bayana were here, and I was not. I will say that. <laughs> I'm just... Not of all the chapters to miss, and then give me Portia and Connie as a sub. This yeah. was mean, meant to be. We had a, we even talked about the possibility of me doing this chapter alone because <laughs> I didn't want Connie feelings. <laughs> it's like I could talk to myself for two hours. It's fine. No. No. 
Okay. Because you win it. Previously on Wither Team, Dumbledore's trash. Just, just a little. For no reason. Just not. Just for the wrong reasons. He's got reasons. They're just wrong he's got, reasons. Yes. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. The Ministry of Magic was like, hey, you know, Eric can do all of our security. That's fine. Eric. Pour one out for Eric, who didn't ask for all of this. Poor brother Eric. Overworked. Brother Eric. Does not get overtime. See, you said brother Eric, and now I'm seeing Eric as, um, what's his name? Carl Winslow. (laughs) Now I'm seeing Eric as Carl Winslow sitting in the lobby like, I did not sign up for this. I'm Amani, get to work. (laughs) I'm out at five o'clock. I can't control what happens after five o'clock. If somebody apparates into the atrium, I just, I have no control over that because I work a nine to five, 40 hour shift every week. And if you're not going to pay me overtime, I'm not going to work overtime. So yeah, that's what Carl Winslow um, but his, Eric his, had to say. He does let you know that his, you know, name tag game is on point. He was like, when Voldemort showed up, it said to steal a prophecy and take over the ministry. Like it said it on his name tag. At least it really I, did. I let you know what was going on. Right. Like the, there was no protocol for that answer. Up, it, said, it said rescue mission. Like. I found out why, and then I went home. And they came were, in at the end of my shift. And they were on a rescue mission, so, like, the, the, the tag was accurate, you know? Right. What else are you going to do here? So, Harry had his vision, his bad dream of Nagini. Um, <laughs> Nagini and Harry were having a horcrux moment, in case any of you guys missed that in the past 20 years of this series. That was a not a Voldemort Harry moment. It was a Voldemort. Uh, or, sorry, it was a Harry Nagini moment. That's important it's to know. It's unclear. It's unclear um, if Voldemort was also there. That is unclear because also Nagini doesn't have hands. So how? Right. There are lots of is questions. Is she navigating? How does she aid? A lot of questions. There. Operate inside. Did Voldemort be like, "I'm gonna get you in. And I gotta bounce, and you stay here." She is the toilet. I thought we decided that she is the toilets to get into the ministry. I mean, how pipes. she got into the Department of Mysteries and through doors is still a mystery. These are questions. Um, and finally, the portraits have a very interesting way of being. And if you are we're unclear of if any portrait can move in different locations, if they have portraits in separate locations, or if it's a Hogwarts professor or headmaster thing, how the how portrait magic works. We don't know any of that, yeah, but it's, very, it's uh, happening. Intricate magic that uh, yeah. we didn't get any further knowledge on. If you have any headcanons, you can please share those thoughts. <laughs> if they're feeling heavy headcanons, keep it to yourself. If you have feelings about Phineas Nagellus, I mean, feel free to share them. Why not? To at Constar24. <laughs> and no one else. <laughs> okay. I mean, Bionna will probably take those feelings. Just leave me out of it. At Constar24, at Yana underscore Hallows. <laughs> Leave me out of it. Oh, at the end of the chapter, Whew. wait, at the end of the last chapter, oh. the, 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 the kids learn that from Molly and Arthur's conversation that Harry is uh, being possessed by Voldemort. At least that's what they think is happening, some sort of possession situation. And so at the end of the chapter, he's like, ah, oh, crap, what's that mean? So... That's where we jump in. We jump in with all the Weasley kids looking at Harry sideways because he may or may not be Quarrel 2.0. So was this why Dumbledore would no longer meet Harry's? Did he expect to see Voldemort staring out of them, afraid perhaps that their vivid green might suddenly turn to scarlet with cat-like slits for pupils? 
Harry remembered how the snake-like face of Voldemort had once forced itself out of the back of Professor Quirrell's head, and he ran his head over the back of his own, wondering what it would feel like if Voldemort burst out of his skull. Harry, you do realize that Quirrell made a decision (laughs) to have that happen. Like, open up. And Harry's like, I just wanted to remind y'all that I'm not a Ravenclaw. (laughs) Wanted to let that be known Mm -hmm. before we get into it any further. Yeah. I don't have the range. He really doesn't. Because Quirrell so. made a choice to have a man, man's head come out of the back. Like, of his welcomed head. it even. Yeah. He missed it. He was going to miss it when it was gone. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. When I'm gone. Okay. He felt dirty, contaminated, gone. as oh, though sorry. he were carrying <laughs> some deadly germ. Sit on the underground train. Back from the hospital with innocent, clean people. On the underground, though? He doesn't spend nearly enough time on the underground. With innocent, clean people whose minds and bodies were free of the taints of Voldemort. He had not merely seen the snake. He had been the snake. He knew it now. I want to make a point about, like, in that passage about him feeling dirty and contaminated and unworthy. No, don't. Yeah, it's allegory to puberty. Dang. Mm. Right. Mm. I appreciate that. But I think, is that not an allegory to, like, female puber- puberty? Not, but, but uh, guys also go through, like, you know, like, they're not very clean. No, they're 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 through what they need. They're oh, yes. Hmm. I mean, there was a giant snake. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a giant snake, and then he felt dirty. Oh. Yep. <laughs> These books are for children. <laughs> but they're He's 15. Or so we've been told. Yeah, they're for teens. And so, teens you know, are going through these feelings. Right. So, the, the puberty, the, the dirtiness, the feeling of dirtiness, and then also just like not quite knowing your body as well. So, you're kind of like, because it's changing and he's not sure what's going on. Is it him? Is it his mind? Is it his body? Like, what's going on? He's experimenting by feeling around on his body. Okay, Connie. <laughs> I wasn't going. <laughs> Things are growing in places that. Or he's worried. He said not to break the feelings. A terrible thought occurred to him then, a memory bobbing to the surface of his mind, one that made his insides writhe and squirm like serpents. What's he after apart from followers? Stuff he can only get by stealth, like a weapon. Something he didn't have last time. I'm the weapon, Harry thought. And it was as though poison were pumping through his veins, chilling him, bringing him out in a sweat as he swayed with the train through the dark tunnel. I'm the one Voldemort's trying to use. That's why they've got guards around me everywhere I go. It's not for my protection. It's for other people's. Only it's not working. They can't have someone on me at all times at Hogwarts. I did attack Mr. Weasley last night. It was me. Voldemort made me do it, and he could be inside me listening to my thoughts right now. Can we just talk about how wrong he is? He's so he's like, not a Ravenclaw. He's not a Ravenclaw. But he's like, wrong. they have people crying. When we get there, though. The ministry. He knows that. He knows that there are people guarding, like, doing guard duty. Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Everywhere else. Hagrid didn't go to the mountains. And, like, yes, there was a weapon. Right. Like, and yes, he does have guards on him when he goes to Hogsmeade, but, like, it's Mundungus. <laughs> like, it's they do not, not send their best reason. offers. It's not, like, they're not bringing their best people. They really aren't. He's literally an afterthought. <laughs> but, we get, like, what they... Best- or elsewhere. Sorry, go ahead. The one thing about him not being a Ravenclaw, you know, he's not. But the one thing about him being like a Gryffindor is that he's 
open, like he's receptive to people when they actually tell him what the F is going on. Like he's like, oh, later on when they actually are like, dude, like, no, he's receptive and he sees the air in his ways very easily. It's quite quick, takes it. But he needs somebody else to say it though. It don't come to him fast. Whenever they talk when he's receptive, it's always like after happened. Like he's wrong. And then he finds out, like, oh, give me my wonton. Like, then he's like, oh, okay, I see. I see. I'm not crazy. It was that big basilisk. But that's, like, when you're in the shit. Like, I need you to be receptive earlier. Like, <laughs> just need it to not get it. Right. I mean. It, not, it needs to not go that far before he opens his mind. But as we all know. We'll see you again later. At least he's like he he picks it up a little bit quicker than Ron does. But if that is our barometer, right? Like you compare him to Ron. That's but just, also, mm-mm, mm-mm. that's literally like that poor boy. That's like me no being sense. like, that's like me being like, you know, he gets things. You know, like he's not the best politician, but he gets things better than Trump. Like, no, that's not. Is that the barometer? <laughs> is that it? Not Trump though, Robin. Literally the lowest bar you yeah. can come up with. The lowest bar. Seamus Finnegan, movie no, Seamus, who blows stuff up, gets things better than Ron. Oh. <laughs> Eric, the security guard, would get things better than Ron. And I'm not a Ron hater in the slightest, but... It's just not his core strength. It's not. Once he knows the facts and somebody tells it to him, he can organize and strategize. Like, that's Ron, where Ron's strengths come from. But he needs the pieces on... He literally needs the pieces on the board first. He, he cannot... The pieces on the he cannot have an empty chessboard before he starts working. He really can't. Is there no one worse that's than That's what we're talking Ron? about. Ron. That's what I'm saying. Is there not um, worse than Mundungus Ron? Mundungus is worse than Ron. No. No, that's not even true because Mundungus understands. He just he doesn't, doesn't care. care. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that's a problem. But these cauldrons are like cheap, and I'm about to make, I'm about to come up. So, like, he just doesn't have any. He has no morals. That's different than like having no understanding. Mm-hmm. Hagrid might be worse than Ron. Hagrid, True. maybe, and we no, can argue about it. No, Hagrid's Hagrid at least like he knows like whenever he's given Harry like something sentimental, he's like blah blah blah. I would say maybe. Um, Mad Eye Moody. It's worse no. than how? Houseway. And no. feelings wise, like when he gave Harry the picture, he was just like, "Oh, look at this picture." Okay, so he's not emotionally intelligent, right? He does not have Harry's EQ. He's not. Cl- he's not close to that awareness. Maybe, but you just—I thought we were talking just in terms of situational awareness. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or like, not at least once. In which case, emotional awareness. Just a little. We could have this conversation for way too long. I think. Sure, Let I, us know. I, I just, I try. <laughs> just, I loved. I loved you. You try. I love that. Try. Oh, I love the attempt. Um. So, <laughs> are you all right, Harry dear? Whispered Mrs. Weasley, leaning across Jenny to speak to him. You don't look very well. Are you feeling sick? They Ooh, were all Jenny watching sitting him. next to him he on shook the train. Violently. That could have been a moment. Been. But alas, he was too busy thinking about being a snake and being possessed. <laughs> Say, hey Jenny, how are you doing? He has to understand his excitement. He has to understand his snake first. Yeah. Oh my God, Connie. And he just said, "Hope you out of here." I can't. I'm gonna kick you out of here, Harry dear. Are you sure you're all right? Said Mrs. Weasley in a worried voice. You look ever so pale. 
are you sure you slept this morning? You go upstairs to bed right now and you can have a couple of hours sleep before dinner. Um, she said when they were walking into Grimmauld Place, he nodded. Here was a ready-made excuse not to talk to any of the others, which was precisely what he wanted. So when she opened the front door, he proceeded straight past the troll leg umbrella stand and up the stairs and hurtled into his and Ron's bedroom. Here he began to pace up and down past the two beds and Phineas and Angelus's empty portrait, his brain teeming and seething with questions and ever more dreadful ideas. How had he become a snake? Perhaps he was an animagus. Now he is not are. smart. Oh <laughs> You literally have, to register, literally have to register to become an Angus. It has to be a conscious like, choice you between you. You have to, you have to pass it. Like you, you, you have, have to, to do, do magic. It. There's magic involved. <laughs> yeah, there's purposeful magic involved. You're not born an Animagus. If, if it's just that easy, you just like go to sleep and then you wake up and you're another animal. Like for real? Like how? But and he's I, an animal who can also teleport. <laughs> you can't operate out in Hogwarts, out of Hogwarts, inside of Hogwarts. <laughs> it's he literally thinks it's like you know like the sleepwalking like when you have you you know the stories of people like sleep eat and sleep cook when they're like on like um Adderall or not Adderall the sleeping one whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> um, melatonin but all those stories that no the other one the other one uh, it starts with a name not what's one that's sleepy I don't know no. y'all know what I'm talking about yeah yeah the very strong potent sleep aid. Keep going. No. Harry thinks that it's like that. Harry thinks he falls asleep and then maintains ambient. Thank you. Harry thinks that he's on magical ambient and he could fall asleep, become an animagus, go to um, the place where it's hidden because I don't think they know that it's the Ministry of Magic. But go there, attack Mr. Weasley, come back. And then wake up confused. Like he, Harry thinks that all of those things have happened to him at the same time. Essentially. At the same time, just and I mean, even like okay. if he's not thinking about like how you have to register to be an animagus, like he doesn't like even to apparate or disapparate. You have to like practice that. You could just switch yourself. So how did he become an animagus and not switch himself in his sleep? Okay, we're gonna figure that out. We're gonna t find out right now. He we'll couldn't be. He would know. Perhaps Voldemort was an animagus. Yes, Harry thought that would fit. He would turn <laughs> into a snake, of course, and he's and when he's possessing me, then we both transform. That still doesn't explain how I got to London and back to my bed in the space of five minutes, though. But then Voldemort's about the most powerful wizard in the world, apart from Dumbledore, of course. So probably no problem at all to him to transport people like that. And then, with a terrible staff of panic, if Voldemort's possessing me, I'm giving him a clear view into the headquarter of the Order of the Phoenix right now. He'll know who's in the Order and where Sirius is. And I've heard loads of stuff I shouldn't have. Everything Sirius told me the first night I was here. Which they, first of all, told you that you shouldn't know. And there was a reason why you weren't supposed to know these things. But I get it. Your curiosity killed the cat. Just killed everybody. Because Voldemort just killed the dog. Guys. Oh, your curiosity killed the dog. You did it. You did it that time. You, you did, did it to yourself. You did it. <laughs> you did it to yourself. You, you talk about me. You did can it to I, yourself. I just tell Bayana slash be Harry's advocate for a moment and say he is sleep deprived and food deprived and emotional. He's been stressed. So he's just 
not in a He's just talking it out. He's just talking it out. Robin's taking a side He's nap. He's talking about his self. Yeah. <laughs> She's like halfway on the screen. Side nap. Made herself sad. Like, I, we haven't even yeah. gotten to the Christmas, oh. Neville yet, and you made yourself sad with the serious stuff. Oh, God. I did. I even saw my feelings for you. I take that L. I take that L. Um, it's not your first moment of the night. I There's do. Really more. I, I do think like and Ariana said this in the chat like he's freaking out right now and there is like I I don't know if you guys know this about me but I have a tendency to freak out and then my brain goes sideways and I just think of all the for, for instance no on Friday I had to go to a work party um and Usher was there because he's like a part of you just air thing all that business. I do at my job yeah but anyway but because Usher was there in my brain, when I was getting ready, I convinced myself that Jay-Z Chazé might be there. And then I freaked what? myself out to the point that I had to lay, I had to lay down and breathe. I got there late. And like I had to tell them my, my teammates to leave and I would take a next the next Uber because I like, I don't know. I just was like, well, if there are gonna be Why? industry people there, JC could Why? be there. He's an industry person. And then it spirals. How dare you, is Connie? He still? Yes, he is still. Perhaps. That was rude. Oh, what's he doing? He, just, he writes songs and produces. And it was also one of those things where I was thinking about the levels of people that would be there. And he was in that level. <laughs> and I see you, Portia. I see the shade. She is the master of it. Actor, the uh, minister. She didn't. She earned her title. She earned it. <laughs> she did the slow reveal of her face. She's literally yeah, keep that keep that book up. What version is that? But anyway, so I get I get how your brain spirals and freaks out. And then I also had like a very sad, like I had this very very high level of anxiety because I convinced myself he would be there. And then I had this very big crash when he wasn't there. Robin. I feel like did it all to myself. We worked for MTV and America's Best Dance Crew were still on. I would totally be with you. Dang. She said you had to go back to like 2014. He it just was a thing on Netflix, which is actually great. He's great in it. A what? It's like Topher Grace. He's in this movie on Netflix. It's great. Okay. It's amazing. He acts or is it a documentary? I just like, um, he's an amazing actor. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm just asking. He has the comedic timing that you don't even you don't even know. I was since he was, since he was said, but I did not know whether he since acted. he was 15. He has been giving you Mickey comedy Mouse skits, improv. Yes, Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. His wipeout is the is amazing. Let's not go there. I don't. We don't have time to go here. Okay. Put the book back up in your face. Put the book back up. <laughs> anyway, back to Harry. So I can see how you can like spiral out of control. I get all of Which that. I'm not happened, saying yeah. that like you put you put your book up in front of your face too. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I'm doing it by myself. I'm doing, that. I'm doing it by myself. We're doing it live. Um <laughs> doing it live. Anyway, so I can get I get the spiraling out of control. And I get like how he, he's making he's taking all these leaps. But then when he's, like, pacing, he's trying to, like, rationalize to himself, right? And so that is where I don't get it. Like, in, in yes, like, you're freaking out, but you're trying, he's trying to, like, make logical connections, and they are just not. They're, the synapses aren't firing all the way. <laughs> he is, yeah. And that's where, like, and that's what I'm just like, okay, take a nap. 
People just discount the value of a good nap. They do. Like, <laughs> just take a nap. Lay down. Close your eyes. Think about something right. else. <laughs> do some breathing exercises. Woosa. So I, I make Ami do breathing exercises all the time. It works. So Harry decides that the only thing he can do is run away. Because whenever he has the a only problem, thing. Whenever he has a problem, his answer is just to be like, okay, I've got to remove myself from the equation. Uh, AKA C whatever chapter it is in Prisoner of Azkaban. An so early one brain. after Aunt, Ma- Aunt Marge. Yes. And but I had a brain, yeah, whatever you call it, because of the brain. There's like a yeah, I guess, or a Eureka thing, because there's like a symmetry. You know how four is the Goblet of Fire is the center of the series, and so there are lots of parallels between three and five, and then two and six, and then one and seven. Mm-hmm. So, like three and five, and so now I'm remembering that like this is one of those connections to Prisoner of Azkaban. It's sort of like whoa. So he would spend Christmas at Hogwarts with the, the others, which would keep him safe over the holidays at least. But no, that wouldn't do. There were still plenty of people at Hogwarts to maim and injure. <laughs> What if it was Seamus Dean or Neville next time? I mean, but Neville doesn't stay at Hogwarts this year. Harry doesn't know anything about his roommates, apparently. Uh, <laughs> um, he stopped He's, pacing and stood at, staring at Phineas Nagellus's empty frame. Put him in that room for, for that particular reason. Because Phineas's portrait was in there and it goes directly to Dumbledore's office. I mean, isn't it the same room that they stayed in last time? I Not don't time. doubt. I don't doubt. I mean, from I, the whole, right. From the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the beginning. They're like, oh, I don't Harry doubt that, that wasn't a part of. Yeah. Dumbledore. I don't doubt that that was a part of um, Dumbledore's planning or whatever. Because he's not above. He's not below. He's not beneath. Whatever. A 15 year old and like without actually helping to support them in any way is not something that would put past Dumbledore. <laughs> However, I would say, I think that, I think that the, I don't think that like they thought he would be running away. <laughs> like oh, that yeah, wasn't no. what they needed to. Oh yeah. No, I'm know, just talking about, for. I'm just remembering that Phineas's portrait is in there. And so that's why he's in that room in the first place because they're Dumbledore's like, Oh, I got a straight up connection. What's he yeah. doing right now? Tell me what's going on. Uh, it's like the boy is picking his nurse, sir. Yeah. Can I please leave? <laughs> <laughs> a leaden sensation was settling in the pit of his stomach. He had no alternative. He was going to have to return to Privet Drive or cut himself from other wizards entirely. Well, if he had to do it, he thought there was no point hanging around, trying with all his might about how the Dursleys were going to react when they found him on his on their doorstep. That six months earlier than they had expected, he strode over to his trunk, slammed the lid shut, and locked it. Then glanced around automatically for Hedwig before remembering she was still in Hogwarts. Well, her cage would be one less thing to carry because he's just ready to leave her. He seized one end of his trunk and dragged it to halfway towards the door when a snide voice said, Running away, are we? He looked around. Phineas the Jealous had appeared on the canvas of his portrait and was leaning against the frame, watching Harry with an amused expression on his face. Not running away, no, said Harry shortly, dragging his trunk a few more feet across the room. I thought, said Phineas the Jealous, stroking his pointed beard. I love how it just says Phineas the Jealous every time. Is he one of those people where you just refer to them as their full name? Their full name? I totally <laughs> think so. Interesting. Because it's just... It's rare to see that, but in text. But there are people who you just call them by their first name. I mean, their full name all the time. Maybe he won't answer to anything else. Maybe he's like, <laughs> I don't you know her. Call me by my first name or, or else. <laughs> my full name or else. I thought, 
that to belong in Gryffindor House, you were supposed to be brave. It looks to me as though you would have been better off in my own house. We Slytherins are brave, yes, but not stupid. For instance, given the choice, we will always choose to save our own necks. It's not my own neck I'm saving, said Harry tersely, plugging the trunk over a patch of particularly uneven moth-eaten carpet right in front of the door. Oh, I see, said Phineas Nadellis, stroking his beard. This is no cowardly flight. You're being noble. I don't know how much y'all watch K-dramas, that is, Korean dramas, but there's this huge thing in Korean dramas. Um, it's a plot line. I think it's soap operas and dramas in general, mostly, like noble idiocy. And Harry is a noble idiot if I've ever seen one. It's literally the Oh, Gryffindor yeah. Model. Like, that's what a Gryffindor mo- the Gryffindor model is. It's like, I'm going to do this noble thing. But it's really actually. But I'm gonna do it in the dumbest way ever. My intentions are gonna be noble. But it comes from a place of pride. It's like I'm doing this really great. Oh, I didn't really consult anyone around me to see if it really was worth doing in the first place. (laughs) Oh, I just made it worse. Great. Ooh. So Hermione is not immune to that noble idiocy. Is that what you're saying? Maybe she's alone. What I'm hearing. What I'm hearing you say. Maybe she, perhaps, that is her house. It is her house. She is not a Ravenclaw either, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for a different reason. <laughs> oh, man. Bayana's never going to let you guys be on this podcast ever again. <laughs> she edited this one, too. She could be like, what you mean, Hermione, not a Ravenclaw? She physically Sorry, is a Ravenclaw. She didn't want to be. No That's what she values. Exactly. Friendship and bravery. <laughs> That's why um, she can't get new friends. That's what I've been saying this whole book. She chose him. So Harry... They were pushing her away, and she was like, nah, I want y'all. She did. She was like, nobody else can take me. Um, so Harry is straight up about to leave, and Phineas is like, all right, Dumbledore knew this was going to happen. He says, stay where you are. Harry's like, I mean, I technically haven't left yet, so what are you talking about? Um, Dumbledore says, stay where you are, said Phineas. Why? Why does he want me to stay? What else did he say? Nothing. Said Phineas, basically. <laughs> if he could have, he would have said. I love when, when um, I love it, Connie, when you just turn it into like straight hood. You go from you go from your British accent to hood Harry Potter. Harry Potter to hood. Code switching is very important. But, I, but something that you have to capture here is how shady Phineas is being. That's why I had to say it with a nothing, like nothing. But he's also just like. When at first he's like, I have a message for you from Dumbledore. And Harry's like trying to walk out the door. And then Harry, and then Harry's like, so what's the message? And Phoenix is like, oh, so you're going to step at me? Oh, no. <laughs> Stay where you are. And then Harry's like, what? What's my message? And he's like, no. Dumbledore said, Stay where you are. And that's when like, it's like, Harry's like, me? Stay where <laughs> I am? Well, what oh, else did he have to say? Right. Nothing whatsoever, aka none. Just sit down, that's what he said. <laughs> sit down and stay there. <laughs> um, which pisses Harry off because he's a Gryffindor. Um, Harry's temper rose to the surface like a snake ring from long grass. He was exhausted, he was confused, he had experienced terror, relief, and terror again in the last 12 hours. Did not want to talk to him, so that's it. Stay where you are. Like, I can imagine Harry sucking his teeth. Stay where you are. That's all anyone can tell me after I got attacked by these dementors, too. Just stay put what a grown-up sorted out, Harry. We don't bother telling you anything, though, because that tiny little brain of yours cannot be able to cope with it. Well, well. <laughs> that ain't exactly You did think that you were an animagus. You, well, 
about 10 minutes ago, he thought he was an animagus for about hot, five hot seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And then you thought that Voldemort could possess you and make you an animagus. It didn't get any. So brain size is and a consideration here. But then because Harry snapped. No matter how many times he might have tried to tell y'all. And then because Harry snapped, Phineas snaps back. You know, he said even louder than Harry, this is precisely why I love being a teacher. Young people are so infernally convinced that you're absolutely right about everything. Has it not occurred to you, my poor puffed up popinjay? I have to use that now. You gotta start calling me popinjay. She's gonna be very confused. Oh, she wears a puff. Um, and for Harris, so that works. That there might be an excellent reason why the headmaster of Hogwarts is not confiding every detail of his plan to you. Have you never paused while feeling hard done by to note that following Dumbledore's orders has never yet led you to harm? I mean, <laughs> man, can, there's a couple things wrong with Phineas's little spat right here. I'm gonna just go back a little bit to him saying that, like, oh, this is why I loathe being a teacher because some people are so convinced that they're right about everything. And it's like, adults don't, though? Like... They do the same thing. Is that not... Because we're in the semester currently in because people older than us are... Okay. Mm-hmm. And then... Only I, like, end of the book. Mm-hmm. 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 People older than us are like, oh, Voldemort's not back. What you talking about? What you talking about? I'm totally right. He's not back. It's just, you know, people just being believe in stuff and uh, believe in the word of a 15 year old boy who just an adult brain with a dead body right nothing happened. it wasn't an evil mastermind no it must have killed the boy and also and i feel like if this ain't like slytherin like if this is not a slytherin person talking right now like he's just like he cannot resist like irking carrie while also informing oh, yes. him like oh, his yes. like he's like poor puffed up popping jay like coming for him all left and right because he knows he's like he knows he's like crawling in there and then that whole like the side about maybe should be in my house like he didn't know about harry's like turmoil earlier right and high school, literally, and- literally literally the headmaster's office like he knows that harry almost got swooped yeah. in the in the slytherin so this whole time it's like He's doing it in a very Slytherin way, but so yeah, he's wrong in a lot of ways, but also it sounds like a little bit like a reverse psychology. Like how else do you keep Harry Mm -hmm. in a house that he's trying to leave than use some reverse psychology on him? Mm -hmm. Also like reinforces my, my thoughts last week that the headmaster, like the older headmasters pretend to be asleep because they just are tired of children. (laughs) Like they're just done. I just can't with y'all anymore. Like I was a the headmaster of Hogwarts for fifty years too long or whatever. They're just like I'm over. Andy like Pace I'm Andy dead Andy now, Pace and Pace? I still and I still gotta watch after you brats. Like so, I feel like it's also that big mama thing where it's just like I'm tired. I don't have time for your shit. Dumbledore said, "Sit now, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, and wait." Uh, so Phineas is like, this might be all of them. all of the, D, all of the above. Um, <laughs> no like all young people you're quite sure that you alone feel and think you alone recognize danger you alone maybe the one only one clever enough to realize what the dark lord may be planning he's planning to do something with me then Harry said swiftly did I say that Phineas said <laughs> now if you will excuse me I have better thing to do than listen to adolescent agonizing and he strolled to the edge of his frame I just, and out of sight I just realized that Phineas Nigellus is related to Portia. <laughs> um, they 
we found your ancestor, Portia. Finding my wizard roots happening right here, right now. <laughs> said, Therefore, I'm also related to Sirius. Did I say that? True. Idly examining his silk gloves. This whole time he's so, so he got on silk gloves. And it's just like, mm, I don't think I said, I don't think that's something I said. I don't. I said good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course Wonka's a Slytherin. Or is he a Ravenclaw? He might be a Ravenclaw. Who? Willy Wonka? Who? Oh, Wonka. <laughs> he might be a Ravenclaw. <laughs> he might be a Ravenclaw. Connie over here sorting Willy Wonka. We should do that, though. On Twitter. Let's sort Let's start the Wonka characters. Oh my gosh, they're still Slytherin. Absolutely. I think all the kids might be Slytherin. Except for the the gum, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. She was in it for the snap. She didn't Mm. care. She didn't care. She was was just, I'm just here for the snacks. And when she started tasting that dinner, she was. Mm -hmm. Yep. She was was in heaven. No caution to the wind. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The food is good. Everything this, else I can handle this blueberry, later. This blueberry gum, wow. Mm. <laughs> Such a Hufflepuff problem. We tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so fine. Go then, Harry Bella, to the empty frame and tell Dumbledore thanks for nothing. The empty canvas remained silent. Scheming Harry dragged his trunk back to the foot of his bed and threw himself face down upon the moth-eaten covers, eyes shut. His body heavy and aching. He felt he had journeyed miles and miles. It seemed impossible that less than 24 hours ago, Cho Chang had been approaching him under the mistletoe. He was so tired. He was scared to sleep, yet he did not know how long he could fight it. Dumbledore had told him to stay. That must mean he was allowed to sleep. But he was scared. What if it happened again? He was sinking into shadows. It was as though a film in his head had been waiting to start. He was walking down a deserted corridor towards a, black, a, towards a plain black door, past rough stone walls and torches and an open doorway onto a flight of stone steps that landed down, leading downstairs on the left. He reached the black door but could not open it. He stood, gazing at it, dis- desperate for entry. Something he wanted with all of his heart lay beyond, a prize beyond his dreams. If only his scar would stop prickling, then he would be able to get think more clearly. This, I don't know if anyone has like suffered from insomnia. Literally this week. But it happens a lot like after trauma. <laughs> like that you are scared to like a lot of like trauma induced insomnia it's like you're scared to go to sleep because you have nightmares but then the longer you stay awake the worse the nightmares get mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the nightmares wake you up so you don't feel rested mm-hmm. so it's just this like compounding effect yeah. and like and then you start to make like crazy decisions you start like you really start to lose your mind like in a very like serious and dangerous way, you cannot make like functional decisions because everything is so foggy and you're so tired. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> we could have done without three chapters just with that sentence alone. Like that <laughs> is what Harry's been doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like just he's sleep deprived. He's dealing with Dolores Umbridge. Like he can't. He can't stay calm no matter how many times McG is like, just cool down, down fam. Like, right. He just can't do it because his brain, like, it's, he's so in a haze of just, like, exhaustion and bad decision making. And I just feel so bad for this 15-year-old Harry. But also at the same time, stop yelling at folk and go to sleep. 
Can I just both What if subliminally, both like McGonagall was telling Carrie to have a biscuit every time he felt like he was about to spread off them? She's like, you feel like you're gonna explode and say something? Conjure a biscuit. Just eat it. Just keep <laughs> shove your mouth closed with biscuits. <laughs> McGonagall and Remus Lupin. Remus is like, have some chocolate. Cookie Maybe there. that is why all of Dumbledore's passwords are candy, because that's how he copes. That's like he knows he's, he's figured magic out. Like lemon drop. Mm. Mm. I just <laughs> saved you. That lemon drop just saved you. Oh. Oop. Got this horcrux. Busy with beast. This is the equivalent of a sad nap. It's like, this is what I need to from all the stuff I have to deal with. Harry's life would have been so much better if he would have just taken the opportunity to sad nap every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to sad nap here, but... His brain won't let him. It won't let His him. His won't let him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Struggle. I don't think he's trying hard enough. More Horcrux, more problems. <laughs> um, so Ron wakes him up and says it's time for dinner. And when Harry wakes up, Ron's gone. He doesn't want to be alone with me, Harry thought. Not after what he heard Moody say. He was supposed none of them would want them want him there anymore now that they knew what was inside of him. Puberty. <laughs> Bye, Portia. Ebony Bye. and puberty. <laughs> um he would not, You're not allowed to, to have a podcast without my honor. <laughs> I'm trying to have some chill. Um, he would not, I'm really not, he would not go down to dinner. He would not inflict his company on them. He turned over on his side, other side, back off to sleep. He woke much later in the early hours of the morning, his insides aching with hunger and Ron snoring in the next bed. So clearly Ron doesn't have a problem sleeping next to you, dude. Squinting around the room, he saw the dark outline of Phineas Nagellus standing again in his portrait. And it occurred to Harry that Dumbledore had probably sent Phineas Nagellus to watch over him in case he attacked somebody. Or to make sure you ain't leave. What is Phineas Lagelle's gonna do? Is he gonna hop out his painting and jump on him a few texts? <laughs> right. Like, what's we just had this? We just had this conversation. It wasn't even a freaking age ago. Phineas Lagelle said, "How did it occur to you, my poor puffed up poppin' Jay?" And laid it out for him. And then he was like, "Oh." He sent Phineas over here to watch over me in case I attack somebody. Boy! This is, I'm sorry. Skate. I'm also going to channel Amani here. This is prime time Dumbledore to talk to freaking Harry himself because clearly sitting through a messenger is not getting through the idea clearly. He's not <laughs> understanding what's going on. So if any time is time to talk to Harry is when he's feeling isolated and alone and he needs someone there to explain what's going on. True facts. Feeling of uh, being unclean intensified. He half wished he had not obeyed Dumbledore. If this was how life was going to be for him in Grimmauld Place from now on, where nobody has actually said anything to you in five hours. Like, he you haven't actually lived life. any life. You've been asleep the whole time. You experienced any isolation <laughs> or struggle. He isolated himself. Oh. He isolated and then got himself. mad that he was isolated. Puberty. <laughs> and then was mad that Ron didn't want to be with him, but then woke up. And- and Ron was right there. And some people, uh, uh, Yada Hallows, uh, uh, by Yada, think fifth year Harry is the best Harry. I just don't understand. He's a very well-written Harry. He's a very well-written yeah. Harry. He has he, all but that's like saying that's like saying that Severus Snape is a great Snape. Like, no, he's still <laughs> trash. He's well-written trash. His puberty is relatable. Is it? 
So have you not ever tried to cut yourself off from people and then been annoyed when no one's talking to you? Like, dumbly? No. I've done that before. Did I not tell the story about how I hid from my parents when I was a baby? I cut myself off from people and then were annoyed when people continued to be like, hey, what's going on? You okay? You want to talk about it? No, bitch. Leave me alone. So everyone spent the following morning putting up Christmas decorations. Eric and I remember serious. I was such a good mood. He was actually singing Christmas carols, apparently delighted that he was to have company over for Christmas. Um, I'm choosing not to say certain words. Um, Last Christmas, gave me a heart. <laughs> Harry could hear his voice echoing through the floor in the cold drawing room where he was sitting alone, watching the sky growing see- whiter outside the windows. Sorry, this Portia has, it's a podcast, so you can't see the visual shade the Portia's giving. <laughs> But she is funny. once again. It's protected against to cover her face. It's a barrier against the feelings that I could have in that passage. I'm I'm protecting you, Robin. Okay, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Isolated for his own protection, but to protect mother. <laughs> he was all right. Let's um, keep going. Let's just pull through this one. Giving the others the opportunity Fast. to keep talking about him as they as they were bound to be doing. When he heard Mrs. Weasley, Mrs. Weasley calling his name softly upstairs around lunchtime, he retreated, he retreated further upstairs and ignored her. Around six o'clock in the, after, in the evening, the doorbell rang and Mrs. Black started screaming again. Assuming that Mrs. or some other order member had come to call, himself more comfortably against the wall of Buckbeak's room where he was hiding, trying to ignore how hungry he felt as he fed dead rats to the hippogriff. It came as a slight shock when someone hammered hard on the door a few minutes later. I know you're in there, said Hermione. Will you come out, please? I want to talk to you. What are you doing here? Harry asked her, pulling open the door as Buckbeak resumed scratching at the straw-strewn floor for any fragments of rats he may have dropped. I thought you were skiing with your mom and dad. No, Hermione has long put a curse on her parents that they don't remember who she is because she just, they don't, they've never seen their daughter. They have not seen their daughter since like second year because she, talk, she talked to them though. Can we talk about the fact that she she she's literally she never said, with her parents? Never. But then okay, we haven't gotten. But she was like, I, "Skiing's not my thing, bitch." There's hot cocoa. There's dinner. Not even that. Like, I, well, see, here's are where there's your family. Your no, parents, but, like, no, but not the, care for them. Here's the thing. She though. said, "My parents <laughs> are not my family." My parents are not my thing. Real. Um, my family is not my thing. No, but like that's also part of it for me, where it's like I had this like wacky like crack theory that Hermione's parents weren't pleased with her being a witch, so she just like memory charmed them years ago, and that's why she never goes home, and she's been lying about it the whole time. And then during Deathly Hollow, she's like, "Oh, I put a memory charm on them, so they don't remember who I am." Like it was recent. She did that long ago. But part of the reason why now it's slightly less of a crack theory, it's still a crack theory, is that her parents decided that they were going to go skiing with a daughter that they haven't seen in months and she doesn't like skiing. They don't want her. <laughs> right. Like, unless Hermione, unless Hermione is saying skiing's not my thing just to make Harry feel better, which probably is the answer. But yeah. still, like, the way it's written. You could still extrapolate all sorts of other theories from this because homegirl was like, my parents were a little disappointed, but I have to go study. But they set up a skiing trip with a daughter who doesn't like to ski. 
That's she could have studied at the lodge. Like if her mom wanted to put the foot down, like you don't study over here at the lodge. That's what she's gonna do. Literally, her parents got her the fiercest. Um, shout out to Imani who sent us this in Iceland, which I'm all down for still in this tradition. On Christmas Eve, they give each other a book, and then they go about their business reading that book overnight, and that's what they do on Christmas Eve. You give the book, and then they read books. Her mother was like. We got you these books, girl. We gonna go skiing because we know what you gonna be doing. We gonna meet you for dinner. We gonna meet you for lunch. Hot cocoa on us. The bar tab is open. Is it? Live your best life. Happy Merry, Happy Christmas. She was like, I don't, I don't Happy Christmas. I Harry Christmas. I'll be out. And that is what happened. But what if she, she doesn't do her parents? Can we just? She, what if she on a low wanted to just go see Crumb? Like she's like, oh, I'm going to be at school studying. She could have. She could have decided to go see Crumb. Go visit. She him really could have been doing anything. They she are not watching their wanted. child. And this she is where the anything. whole black Hermione falls apart for me. Yes, I was literally thinking that. I was literally <laughs> just thinking that. I just found out, not just, but like recently, when I was a full full adult, that like. My mom never let me spend the night at other people's house. My brother's like, you didn't realize that whenever you wanted to spend the night, they ended up spending the night over here. <laughs> like, my parents were not letting me, if they were not a relative, Absolutely. I wasn't going. Same. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know very many Black families that were, like, they had to be a relative Where? or so damn near close to be a relative and Black or of color. I I had I think I have had two friends, one of whom was like half Latina. So one friend who was white that I spent the night with as a child. Yep. And I feel like I my one. mom and her mom exactly. worked in the same air, worked in the same place. And I can count on my hands how many times I spent the night at her house and she lives walking distance from my house. <laughs> and I only got to spend the night after my mom told me that we were moving. So I had like, <laughs> she was my best friend. We had a short amount of time together. So my mom like was like, okay, you can go for the night. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> anyone else, they were Latina. Yeah. The yeah, only other like, like non-friends, they were Latina. Yeah, my grandma was like, I don't want you at other people's houses. I don't know what they do over there. <laughs> my mom's exact rate, exact um, word would be, I don't know them. And I'd be like, but how, you so, how am I them. supposed to get to know how- them? I don't understand. That was my mom's too. I don't, we don't know them. But then, how and then you, when I would be like, mommy, but everyone's spending the night. My mom would be like, oh, their poor parents don't love them. That's so sad. <laughs> Just turn it around. All my friends get to go. It's a sleepover. All oh, their poor parents don't love them. Would you? We should pray for them. Would you jump off the bridge if all your friends were going too? <laughs> right. Mom, I know you want to go skiing, but I really want to be in London to see. Bitch, I wish you finished that sentence. <laughs> I don't know. But her excuse was studying, which you can literally do anywhere. So it's like, and she's Hermione G. Granger. Maybe Hermione's house, and her dad is her dad is black, and her mom is white, and her dad is just like going along with it. I mean, I guess. She don't got a white mama. That's like the most I can get. That's the most I can get. Yeah, she don't got a black mama. She got a white mama. She might have a black mama, she, she, she don't got a black mama. She don't got a black mama. Like, it uh, just doesn't make any sense. I, <laughs> don't want me to show do me the receipt. I don't understand. I don't, so she gets Like, the, bitch, books don't travel? 
<laughs> Especially magical books where you could enchant the trunk. I would have bought well, so many books on this vacation if I had not had to carry them and pay for a, a carry-on. Uh, so uh, they go into the room and Ron and Ginny, I came on the night bus, Hermione said airily, pulling off her jacket before Harry had time to speak because she came to round him up. Dumbledore told me what happened first thing this morning, but I had to wait for terms to officially end. <laughs> Umbridge is already livid that you lot disappeared right under her nose, even though Dumbledore told her Mr. Weasley was in St. Mungo's and he had given you all permission to visit. So she sat down next to Ginny and the two girls and Ron all looked up at Harry. How are you feeling? Fine. <laughs> Don't lie, Harry. Ron and Ginny say you've been hiding from everyone since you got back from St. Mungo's. They do, do they? Well, you have, said Ginny. You won't look at any of us. It's you lot who won't look at me. Oh, y'all need to sit down. Maybe you're taking turns and taking taking in turns to look and keep missing each other. Hermione, always with the logic. Very funny, Harry said. Oh, stop feeling all misunderstood. I just love the way she just came to gather him all together. She said, <laughs> I, we don't have time. We don't have this time. This was cute or whatever. <laughs> this was cute. But, time but I'm is here up. now. But I'm here now, and we <laughs> really don't have time. I told my parents I was studying, so I just don't have time. So I missed out a ski lodge in Aspen and hanging out with Crumb for you. Well, <laughs> how you keep bringing up Crumb like this? That was actually gonna happen. <laughs> they are still talking to each other. You can't tell me that they are not exchanging Christmas gifts. You cannot tell me that they have not made plans. Maybe she's gonna ski near his hometown because he mm. lives in the mountains. That's because she fanned it in your direction. Old front. He's <laughs> like, stop feeling all misunderstood. Look, the others have told me what you heard over her last night on the extendable ears. Yeah, I've been talking about me, have you? Well, I'm getting used to it. We wanted to talk to you, Harry, said Jimmy, but you've been hiding ever since we got back. I don't want anyone to talk to me, said Harry, who was feeling more and more nettled. You seeing as you don't know anyone who's been possessed by you-know-who, and I can tell you how it feels. We don't know anyone who's been possessed by you-know-who, and I can tell you how it feels. I'm going to channel my ancestor, Phineas, and say, poor, poor, poor Jenny. The first time she's relevant to Harry's life. And does he think of her? No. She has to assert herself into his own life. Oh, Portia. I'm, I know I missed some Dang. epic shade. It was about Ginny. I'm sure it was. How she inserted I, I, herself I, into the conversation. I knew it. <laughs> Harry, meanwhile, Portia feels sorry. Unlike Portia, who is cold. Portia's on brand. But on brand. Portia is always on brand. Poor, she said, poor, poor, poor Ginny is what she said. I thought she was going for puffed up. I thought she was going for puffed up puffing day. Poor, poor, poor Ginny. <laughs> Meanwhile, crap, I forgot. And Ginny's like, lucky you. Which is like, wow, I wish we'd gotten more of what Ginny's PTSD from being possessed by an evil dark lord at the age of 11. Maybe it would have explained how her and Harry had this connection, um, the shared trauma that they then built, they built a loving bond from. 
Yeah. <laughs> or a codependent bond. I don't know. I don't know. Like horses choking on her shade. Um, <laughs> as a Jenny ship, as a Harry Jenny shipper, I'm just like, dang, old world. Uh, so Harry apologizes for forgetting that Jenny was possessed and uh, abducted into the Chamber of Secrets for a very long time. Um, and so he's like, so do you think I'm being possessed? And Jenny asks if he remembers what he's been doing, if there are blank periods. He's like, no, then you aren't being possessed. When he did it to me, I couldn't remember what I'm doing for hours at a time. I'd find myself somewhere and not know how I got there. Harry literally just woke up in his bed where he fell asleep. So, Five minutes after he had the dream. Yeah. Um, that dream that I had about your dad and the snake, though. Harry, you've had these dreams before, Hermione said. You had flashes of what Voldemort was up to last year. That was different. I was inside the snake. It was like I was the snake. What if Voldemort somehow transported me to London? One day, y'all gonna read Hogwarts' history, and perhaps it will remind you what I've been telling you since day one, that you cannot apparate or disapparate inside Hogwarts. Even Voldemort couldn't make you fly out of your dormitory, Harry. Literally listen to me, is what Hermione said. Some of those words she are not said- but it's essentially what No, they're all, they're all there on page 300. <laughs> they're all there. Also, there were witnesses. Hermione said, with claps, there's even the clap emojis before the clap emoji was a thing. She said, right. you cannot operate or disoperate in this damn castle. Like I've been telling you. Got it? Good. <laughs> but it's like, even if you're not going to read the book, All just remember somewhere. what I said. Like, just remember that I told you this at least, like, once each book. Like, and you know he's not going to remember. It's going to come up again. It's gonna she said, up. perhaps one day you'll read it. Or, or, perhaps you'll listen to me. Maybe that's the, maybe this is a stronger narrative, even though I know it's not, because Joe didn't do this. But yeah. perhaps it's a narrative how, of just how, like, Feminism, and you know, like how men don't listen to women's Joe voices. <laughs> Patriarchy. Well, Joe maybe tried a little bit, but she tried in like the fifty-three percent kind of way, where it's like, oh like, yeah, yep, that way. <laughs> I love that. Like Joe isn't even like a part adjacent. of fifty-three percent, but she's, she's not so a part of the fifty-three percent. But she like, definitely she's adjacent. is. It's adjacent. Like it's if you, slow. she is as much a part of the fifty three percent as you could be without being a part, like in the fifty three percent. She's the forty whatever percent who are attached to the fifty three percent because they didn't get their cousins. That's who she is. Uh, mm-hmm. That's who she is. Yeah, that's what she is. Um, Amani also wanted you to, Connie, to could you please tell David Yates that you can't operate and disoperate within Hogwarts. I don't tell David Yates nothing except to sit down and go away. I don't watch his <laughs> movies. He lucky if I sit down to watch one of his Harry Potter movies because man, you'll be watching mom. this one at the end of the book. Will I? These are questions. Perhaps the author, <laughs> who is very much a part of the productions, should have told this director. You know, can we? Per- perhaps the author could go back and read what she wrote. Perhaps we all know she ain't done that. May have. She anyway, reread it. I reread there witnesses. <laughs> there were witnesses. Harry, Ron's like, I literally watched you in your bed. You were there the whole time. <laughs> so he like, Harry he starts pacing again. I was minding my own business. You started thrashing around. I was like, boy, could you please? Like, if you would ask me, 
what he happened? Like, I would have told like, you you didn't disappear. He was like, what is wrong with you? Like, what? <laughs> like, I was literally there looking at you, but okay. You have this thought and not consult any of us who all have answers to the questions you've been asking for the last 24 hours because you wouldn't look us in the eye. You may have the answers. Okay. So Harry starts trying to actually think about these answers. Harry, in this moment, is sweating. <laughs> he don't have the answers. No, he's actually <laughs> Kanye was asking Sway these questions. Like he, he Kanye had contrived these thoughts in his own mind, and then was like, "Who's yes, got the Harry answers?" Harry is Kanye. Harry is Kanye. Harry is Kanye. Harry told Kanye. all of them that they are Sway that they don't have the answer. Right. Right. And they're like, actually, they because he's making a little more sense than Kanye. So he still, they did actually have the answers. Sway still didn't have the answers because the questions were nonsensical. They were nonsensical. <laughs> so Harry starts to piece, all, piece it all together. Well, not actually, but piece some of it together and feel relief as possessed and evil as he thought he was. Um, so he wants to sing God, you rest you Mary hippogriffs with, with Sirius and Buckbeak's room drive for Christmas in the house full again, especially if having Harry back was infectious. He was no longer their sullen host of the summer. He now he now seemed determined that everyone should enjoy themselves as much, if not more, than they should, would have done at Hogwarts. And he worked tirelessly in the run-up to Christmas Day, cleaning and decorating with their help, so that by the time they all went to bed on Christmas Eve, the house, house was barely recognizable. No longer hung with cobwebs, with garlands of holly and silver and gold streamers. Magical snow glittered in the heat in heaps on the threadbare carpets. A great Christmas tree obtained by Mundungus, so illegal and stolen, uh, decorated with live fairies, blocked Sirius's family tree from view, and even the stuffed elves on, on the wall wore Father Christmas hats and beards. Harry awoke on Christmas morning to find a stack of presents at the foot of his bed, and Harry already and Ron already halfway through opening his own rather larger pile. You couldn't wait, homie. Like the whole point also, of Christmas can we talk about how weird this together. is? And um, can we have a reach out to our um, European UK brethren and sistren? Do y'all open presents alone? Do <laughs> right. all your presents come on your bed instead of under the tree? That too. I mean, either way, but like, shouldn't you be opening? I feel like every like British show that I've watched. They at least open them in the room together, right? That's what I'm saying. But do they also just appear on their bed? If like, because like, what's the point of the Christmas tree then? Do you just have the Christmas tree and then not utilize the gift space? Maybe not. I, I don't know, but I. I don't know, but I just am very concerned about the idea that Harry woke up and Ron was already through his Christmas hall. Like yeah. he did all of that on his own. Yeah, but I feel like the Christmas tree is like the congregational like area. Like everyone comes together right, there, right? Like, the photos there. There's like, no point like, in not like, calling your presents down to the tree, right? You're not gonna. Uh, no, I'm gonna open my presents. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't. If even if it's like a Christmas table or whatever, right? Some, <laughs> the some idea of just space. opening gifts that someone gave you when they're in the house with you, <laughs> but not with them. <laughs> then right. you gotta go to their room and thank them, and they got There's a lot of logistics. When y'all just get in the same room. Thank you, thank you, as opposed to thank you, go to the next room. Thank you, go to the next room. Thank you. You're welcome for your present. Good haul this year, he informed Harry through a cloud of paper. Thanks for the broom compass. It's excellent. Beats Hermione. Hermione, she got me a homework planner because she knew you needed it. She doesn't give you what you want. She gives you what you need. 
my mom gets me socks every year, and that may sound bad, but they're awesome. So many owl socks, and I'm swimming in owl socks, and I love it. Yeah, but it's like she gives you what you need, but she gives you what you need with some flair. <laughs> like I'm not buying socks for myself, but my mama went out and found some owl socks or knitted me some like nice socks because she knows me, but she also knows. Like, I'm not buying those. <laughs> like, you're not buying a homework planner. Right. Some buy you one. You need it. But also. Because you need it. It's got style. You've been doing your, hunger, your homework on Sunday every single week. And after you need to help you. Yeah. She's over right. it. She's just saying, like, this is what. I'm um, not your planner. This is your planner. Utilize your planner. It's really <laughs> impressive for her. Uh, and <laughs> not really for them. <laughs> it really is. Um, so Harry gets one too. Sirius and Lupin had gone halfsies on a set of excellent books t- entitled Practical Defensive Magic, and it's used in the dark arts because Sir- Lupin was literally a professor against the dark arts. So, and also he's poor. I don't might have had the books already, <laughs> but also or, like known about them because was, he was a professor, and then Sirius paid for them with his money. But that's what I was thinking. I was like, no, Remus picked out the books, and then Sirius gave the money. Yeah. Which is how me and my brother go grocery sh- or me and my brother shop dual gifts. Yeah. That's, that's a solid it, plan. Um, yeah. I also see it as like them maybe subliminally hinting that maybe Harry should think about being a professor. Perhaps, but I think they just like the idea of the defense group and are right. jealous they can't be in it. So they're like, let's give them all the books that we would have used if we were in school doing this. But I also feel like it's because like, if I think of or well, maybe from a Lupin point of view, like Thing and or like that's a lot of like work. You're staying in the dark place. He probably doesn't want um, Harry too much involved with the danger anyway. I don't think Sirius really wants Harry involved in danger really either. Have you forgotten that they're Gryffindors? I mean, <laughs> they're literally trying to less less Lupin, but more serious, trying to vicariously live through Harry. So they're like, here, this is all you need for the for the for the club. What else you need? What else you need? Let us know. You want to be an R? Here, let's pay for your exam. We're going to do this. Here's another book that you need. Like, there. have you met that? <laughs> but Lupin was a very good professor, and maybe he thinks Harry could follow his footsteps. Sure. He's literally doing it right now. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh, snap, he's in charge. <laughs> Tonks got him a model, working model of a fireball, which now just reminds me of the little fireball. The little baby Harry. That Harry. The baby Harry had. <laughs> Picture. It's coming. That up. doesn't actually give feelings. It's just adorable. Yes, baby it Harry. does because it's, it's like the first time that Sirius was an amazing godfather to Harry, and then he doesn't get to be. Oh, how did I forget who you left your MVP blank? And now, why did I forget that I already know who your MVP <laughs> is going to be? <laughs> um. Anyway, Ron gave him candy because he was like, "Here, let me get this at the counter." At <laughs> Store at Hogsmeade. Mr. and Weasley gave him sweater and mince pies. Dobby, a truly dreadful painting that Harry expected, but the, the, I'm so distracted by Robin's like emotions. Um, it had been done by the elf itself. He had just turned it upside down to see whether it looked better that way when a loud crack, with the loud crack, Fred and George apparated at the foot of his bed. Merry Christmas, don't go downstairs for a bit. Why not? Mum's crying again. Percy, adult, Sent back his Christmas jumper without a note. 
has not asked about his father or visited him or anything. Really, Percy? Really, you effing a-hole? You freaking find out your father's in an effing hospital and you don't do anything? You find out he has a deathly injury and you don't want to visit or write a note and then... And returns the sweater? injury you return your sweater on christmas that your parents did not have to send you in the first place because you've been an effing a-hole for effing two years now okay percy preach all right you can say fucking here i don't care <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> gonna say was fuck percy Portia and i don't cuss she said with a southern accent she don't cuss well you can say it for i'm us. not southern i'm from the west coast fuck percy <laughs> Um, we tried to comfort her told her that Percy's nothing more than a humongous pile of rat droppings didn't work said George so Lupin took over because he's probably better at that Uh, what's that supposed to be anyway looks like looks like a given with two black eyes it's Harry he says so on the back good likeness said Fred Fred grinning Harry threw his notebook, his homework diary at him, it hit the opposite wall, and Fed swells the floor with happily said, and cross the T's, then you know, then you may do whatever you please. Because only, I mean, I, I bet it's not wrong. I bet it said it in Hermione's voice, though. Probably not. Or like an extra posh Hermione. <laughs> oh my gosh, do you guys remember um, Build-A-Bear when you could like put your voice in the Build-A-Bear? Yeah. That's scary. My mom did that. I thought it was the creepiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, people do it. For I was their, like, like, "Why would you do this?" People do it for their like deceased relatives. Yes. Yeah. Why? I don't know. You what don't want a serious that? black build a bear to speak to you after he's died. Why are you like this, <laughs> Connie's bitch? Why would you even? <laughs> Why would you even say that? You need to be person. That's just rude. You're an evil person. <laughs> I'm a Hufflepuff. Why would you? That was uncomfortable. Not even a Hufflepuff. Anyway. That was some Slytherin ass bullshit, Connie. Um, Yasso and Phineas tonight. (laughs) Uh, Harry got Hermione a book. And Ron got Hermione some perfume. Uh The perfume's really unusual, Ron, isn't it? So who's the better person? Brown chicken, brown cow. Who better understands Hermione? Harry, her bestie, or Ron, her future vote? He is trying to understand her, and he thinks that... Is he that trying, or is he regifting a gift for Molly that he instead gives to Hermione? <laughs> I think he just thinks that girls like things that smell good, and is concerned Does it that... Does smell she- good? <laughs> she said it smelled interesting. <laughs> and is he's, he's worried about Crumb's game, and was like, okay, right. so let me find a perfume, because that's what girls that's like. Good. I think that's it. I think he's trying to, he's like, what would a smooth guy get a cool chick, you know? <laughs> what would Crumb get her and then let exactly. me be better? Exactly. And, and he, because Crumb would, Rob would say a smooth guy and a cool chick. Crumb would give her a book. He knows she right. was supposed to tell you met her in the library. That's how he's like, ooh, I'll get her this limited edition, first rare copy of this book. Ron can't afford that. So he's like, I'm going to give her this perfume that smells weird. Okay, Ron. He didn't mean for it to smell Rob weird. Rob thinks the perfume smells good, though. Right. He, he didn't mean for it to smell weird. He just thought it smelled okay and was like, oh, this is what girls like. Let me give it to her. Does and that, she's like, does that not also show <laughs> lack of judgment? Like, is, is that, I mean, it's going to make it worse. His obliviousness is showing. 
He's he's four. He's, he's so young. Portia's just not here for Ron. He's not. I said he's not Portia does not like any Weasley. I like a couple of them. Charlie, I like the ones we, the ones we don't see. And Aunt Merle. Like Arthur. Aunt Merle. Aunt Merle. Aunt Merle. Aunt Muriel is the former director of the House of Shade. So, um, whatever it's called, the Ministry of Shade, whatever it's called. Yeah, the, the, Aunt Muriel was once the head of the department, so that's why she has an affinity for her. Makes sense. Okay. Um, so, Hermione's trying to give Creature presents because she still hasn't stayed in her lane on the House of Issue. Nobody has realized that Sirius ain't there. I mean, that Creature mm-hmm. ain't there. Um, no. So they are wondering where Creature's bedroom is or where Sirius's bedroom is. No, where Creature's bedroom is. Well, Sirius says it's not much of a bedroom, more of a den. Apparently, he sleeps under the boiler in that cupboard off the kitchen. Mrs. Weasley was the only person uh-huh. in the basement. What was that? What do we find uh-huh. in the cupboard later? Oh, oh the Horcrux is. Yeah. Yeah. Later. He That's where we'll see this cupboard later. That's where Mundungus had it, right? I mean, Mundungus. No, when it. they gave they gave him the fake locket. Mon- yeah, Mundungus found it. But yeah. But creature. He the locket. Yeah. But it was in a regular cupboard, wasn't it? Somewhere else. No, it was in creatures. Creature kept it. He he took it out of the the cupboard when they were cleaning. Right. And he kept so I'm it saying, with him in his. No, I know, but I'm saying that it was in the regular like living room cupboard. They found it. Creature's like, oh snap, that's mine. I want it took it probably downstairs, but we don't ever see it down there because he, when he leaves, Mundungus like raids the place after Sirius dies, right? Finds it and then. Well, I'm like, maybe I'm thinking about the final resting place for the locket because when Harry gives the locket back to Creature, Creature takes it immediately to his den. Yeah, mm-hmm. that must be it. Okay. It's been a minute. I do remember <laughs> that in the. Yeah, it's probably further down the road because I'm like, it somehow gets to Mundungus and then to Dolores, so. Ugh. I don't think we ever see it down there until much later. Um, so poor Mrs. Weasley is just crying her eyes out, um, which is the Merry Christmas. And they head downstairs to Creature's bedroom. Um, is like, I think we'd better knock. There's so no, because no one has realized that this house cell literally has not been here no. for at least 24 hours. Um, assembled ra- rags. Oh my God. What? Sorry. So in the chat, um, Laurel says Harry and Creature sleeping in cupboards. Yeah, yeah. And yet Harry still keeps another slave and doesn't free him. But they, <laughs> but again, these stories keep coming around. Yep. Uh, yep. So they're looking at pictures of things that he had. St- Creature had stolen, including a picture of Bellatrix Lestrange, who will be showing That's up a uh-huh. in a few chapters. Mm. <laughs> um, both for this chapter and for uh, her appearances later. Um, I think I'll just leave his present here. He'll find it later. That'll be fine. Come to think of it, has anyone actually seen Creature lately? I haven't seen him since the night we came back here. You were ordering him out of the kitchen and the house. You know, that's the last time I saw him, too. He must be hiding upstairs somewhere. He couldn't have left, could he? Because Harry sometimes is quick. 
Occasionally. Sometimes. I mean, you said out. Maybe he thought you may get out of the house. No, house elves can't leave unless they're given clothes. They're tied to their family's house. They really want to. Dobby did. He left the mouth voice to give me warnings two years ago. He had to punish himself afterwards, but he still managed it. Sirius looked slightly disconcerted for a moment, then said, For a moment. Later. For a slight moment. For a moment. I expect I'll find him upstairs crying his eyes out over my mother's old bloomers or something. (laughs) Otherwise, he might have crawled up into the air cupboard cupboard and died. I mustn't get my hopes up. And literally, this is the second nail in the coffin. Why would you say it like that, though? Because it is. Why are you being this way? Because Are you sure is. you're not a Slytherin? Because it is. Hufflepuff my ass. Hufflepuffs are all about feelings. And finders. Uh, they're particularly good finders. But And I find the feelings. <laughs> 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 um, so they're going to go to St. Mungo's to see Mr. Weasley. Um, Mrs. Weasley hesitated before getting inside um, in a large car because Mundungus procured them. And Mrs. Weasley knows not to trust that. Right. Um, but they had to say Mungo's with a little traffic. Um, the reception area looked fairly festive. The crystal orbs that illuminated St. Mungo's had been colored red and gold to become gigantic glowing Christmas baubles. Hung holly, holly hung everywhere in the doorway, every doorway. And shining Christmas trees covered in magical snow and icicles glittered in every corner, each one toppled with a green and gold star. Oh, and it's Christmas time now, so it really does work. All of the, all of the um, timing is so great. Also, though, I just got back from uh, San Diego decorating the tree with Aminata. And tree toppers are really important. I just have really strong feelings about them. My mom has this ugly ass <gasps> Have you seen the Christmas toppers of Beyonce and Serena Williams? Did you not see that? I wrote a story no. about it. You guys just don't read my work. Rude. We read your work when you share it. <laughs> right. I, didn't I did share it. Well, I missed um, it. I'm sorry, but I'll go back. There's a this company that sells uh, Christmas tree choppers of Beyonce, Hillary Clinton, and Serena Williams that you can chop your tree with. But it comes from the UK and it's like $150 or $170. Interesting. Interesting. Next year, another one. Year. So there might be another... Person. A Christmas topper with Finpo. Making out. Uh, uh, <laughs> so spell damage is on the fourth floor. Uh, 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 they found they Mr. Weasley chopped up in bed, bed with the remains of his turkey and a rather sheepish expression on his face. So everything all right. He's fine. Uh, he's actually not fine. He's a little concerned. Um, he wants to know where the healer is. Uh, nothing, nothing. Everyone have a good day. What did you all get for Christmas? Oh, Harry, this is wonderful. Because Harry gives him muggle fuse wire and screwdrivers. Can, can we, he, there are clear, like, annotation marks there. He says, oh, Harry, this is wonderful. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how the best much present he loves. Literally the best present he's received all day. Fuse wire. No, that's not it. He is trying to change the subject because he knows he's about to get in trouble. <laughs> it's both of them. It's both of them. Nah. It's yes, just it it's just straight up he's about to get he, he about loves, to get got. He loves plugs and rubber ducks. Fuse wire really drivers. Love, he, like, he, does, he really does love plugs though. 
It does. <laughs> so, um, in, so, in true mama voice, in, in true mama voice uh, <laughs> Mrs. Weasley spots that he's had his bandages changed. Uh, it's like, Arthur, you've had your bandages you changed a day early, Arthur. They told me you wouldn't be needing doing that tomorrow, Arthur. Because, you know, how mamas do. Maybe repeating your name when you did something wrong. What? No. Ooh, no my mama funny. found out that my dad woke up early and had bacon for breakfast. Ooh. And then had to ask him how much bacon. Ooh. She had to ask him. I was him. like, I was like, do you hear? Is that I heard so I'm a, I'm gonna go check out that noise over there. <laughs> my dad looked at me and said, Literally, why the Jesus. children leave to go find <laughs> other people. It's I was like, I gotta I gotta go. Literally, everyone when Mrs. Weasley <laughs> Mr. Weasley wants to try stitches. And Mrs. Weasley is like, I don't, I don't know what you thought, but I didn't come here for you to be doing no experimental magical muggle mess. So everyone, Mrs. Weasley let out an ominous noise between a shriek and a snarl. And so everybody kind of just starts to, you know, oh, look like, what's I, happening over there. Oh, wow. I'm going to park. Hey, Lupin, have you met this vampire? Have you met this werewolf? Like he, you might, you guys have a little something in common. So like, you might want to have a conversation about it. Uh, let's just walk you over here. So you got this conversation. Um, so a couple of things about the wizarding world that I noticed here was that, um, Mr. Weasley asked for a different healer than the healer that helped him with the stitches. The healer that helped him with the stitches was a trainee healer. So I'm like, what is that process? Can we get there someday? How does one become a healer? Mm. Are you apprenticing? I would feel like it's a lot like um, Grey's Anatomy, like an internship, and then a residency, and then an but attending. you go through you go through four years of school and undergrad, then you go you pick you go into another four years of school, then you do your residency, and then so it takes a while before you're able to actually. Nah, become a I think they just this training. Their, like, yeah, this training is probably seventeen years old, maybe eighteen. That's I, like and maybe, and he must yeah. be like muggle-born or something because why yeah. else would he be comfortable with stitches? And exactly. that's also interesting. Like, what, how? Yeah. So that was interesting. Or he could be like Arthur and just be like, you know, I don't understand why we're not looking at all forms of medicine. Like, the muggles have got some some going on. That's right. Absolutely. Probably muggle-born, though. <laughs> Do you need to tell me that you've been muscling about with muggle remedies? Not, not missing about Molly dear. There really needs to be a, a sitcom of Molly and Mr. Weasley. <laughs> a magical sitcom because it's just classic. Isn't there like a, oh, Mike and Molly? Arthur and Molly? <laughs> yeah. It was just something, uh, just something Pie and I thought we could try. Only, unfortunately, uh, with these particular kinds of wounds, it doesn't seem to be working as well as we hope. Meaning, well, I don't know whether you know what stitches are. It sounds as though you've been trying to put your back together. Even you, Arthur, would be that stupid. I fancy a cup of tea, too, because Henry knows how to stop the situation when people start yelling. Because he but also, he knows what stitches are. He was like, oh, I can sit in this conversation. I wonder what's going on with Mr. Weasley. And then, whenever Mrs. Weasley tells him that, oh, stitches couldn't possibly be actual literal stitches on your skin... Harry's like, oh, she's about to get real upset about now. Gotta go. Gotta blast. Right. Um, um, all, the kids, 
All the kids leave just as Mrs. Weasley say, what do you mean that's the general idea? Typical dad, stitches, I ask you. Well, you know, they do work well in now magical wounds here, Hermione said fairly. I suppose something in the snake's villain dissolves them or something. I wonder where the tea room is. Uh, so they go to the fifth floor to the, find the tea room. Ron was seriously affronted when a medieval wizard called out that he had a, clearly had a case of spattergrot, which is an aha moment because that's what Ron says that he has in seven. Aha. And he can't, aha. And he can't uh, leave his house and go back to Hogwarts, supposedly. Which is like also. So I guess they called this healer up and be like, can you sign me a doctor's note that says that? Thanks. <laughs> but also, like. How does a medieval, even a medieval healer would know what freckles look like? So how does he mistake it for a static right? I guess Ron has freckles. Ron has a lot of freckles. He's got an impressive amount of freckles. Like, I think his face is just mostly, like, that melanin color of freckles. (laughs) Um, Tis the most grievous Um, affliction of the I also love that this... Sorry, I was going to say, I also love that this healer is, like, Walking through portraits and, and and diagnosing Ron, like nah, son, listen, let's don't don't walk away from me. You got you gotta go. Like this is serious. Go to the seventh you floor, a my man. Like go to the seventh floor. They gonna hook you up. <laughs> I'll meet you up there. I'll tell um, them all about it. Don't worry. Um. So the guy's still trying to convince him he has spartagrot. Uh, the only remedy is to take a liver, t- take the liver of a toad, bind it tight with your throat, about your throat, stand naked at the full moon in a barrel full of eel eyes. I have not got spottergrot, but the unsightly blemishes upon your visage, young master, they're freckles. <laughs> now get back in your own picture and leave me alone. You rounded on the others who were determined. Also, like, I'm just and going to have spottergrot. Like, <laughs> that's the remedy. I'm just going to have that. That's just going to be what yeah. I deal with in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like it's forever then. Yeah. You want me to stand in front of, in, in what? A barrel of what? Take a liver oh. toad. I got to be naked by the full moon. <laughs> I'm just going. With these werewolves out here? Is splatter got, is it uh, fatal? Because otherwise I'm just going to have this. This is going to be my new, my new life. It's my new look. <laughs> find some muggle plastic surgery. So they get turned around, or they're going up, but then on the fourth floor, they see Professor Gildery Lockhart, and Hermione still suddenly sounds suddenly breathless. <laughs> Their ex-defense against the dark arts teacher pushed oh my the door and moved toward them, exactly how she sounded, uh, wearing a long lilac dressing gown. Well, hello there. I expect you'd like my autograph, would you? Hasn't changed much, has he? <laughs> Harry muttered to Ginny, who grinned. Uh, how are you, Professor? It had been Ron's malfunctioning wand that had damaged Professor Lockhart's memory so badly that he had landed in St. Bungo's in the first place. Been attempting to permanently wipe Harry and Ron's memories at the time. Harry's sympathy was limited. Yep. I'm very well, <laughs> very well thank you, uh, said Lockhart exuberantly, <laughs> piling a rather battered peacock feather quill from his pocket. Now, how many autographs would you like? Uh, you know, uh, we don't want any at the moment, thanks, Ron said, raising his term eyebrows at Harry, who's asked, Professor, should, should you be wandering around the corners? Shouldn't you be in a ward? Haven't we met? <laughs> Lockhart says, 
yeah, we have. You used to teach us at Hogwarts, remember? Teach? Me? Did I? And then the smile reappeared upon his face so suddenly it was rather alarming. Taught you everything I knew, didn't I? I expect I did. Well, how about those autographs then? Should we say a, a round dozen? You can give them all to your little friends and then nobody will be left out. It's a little friend like a black <laughs> But the fact that he was like, when he You and your little friends on my autograph. I'm just like, the fact that he was like, teach me, did I? And he was like unsettled whenever he was asking that was like, even he didn't think he should be teaching. <laughs> he really did. He knew right. better. He absolutely he like, knew better. I do love the the fact though that like even though he's lost his memory, like the core of who he is is the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know nothing about nothing, but he do know that, that he famous? is a very big deal. Yes, and, <laughs> and that you need his autograph. Yeah, that is just um, like an essential cornerstone of his personality. <laughs> it is the only cornerstone of his personality. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. It, one of the nurses is like, oh, snap, you got visitors on, on Christmas. Do you know he never gets visitors? Poor lamb. I can't think why. Such a sweetie, aren't you? And you know she sprung for him because he's apparently so attractive. She also called him a naughty boy. That smile. <laughs> um, best Ooh, he, smile. You know, this is five years inappropriate. It's a little bit inappropriate, but you know. Um, listen to him. Said the healer digging Lockhart's arm and beaming fondly at him as though he were a precocious two-year-old. He was rather well-known a few years ago. We very much hope that this liking for giving autographs is a sign that his memory might be coming back. Uh, will you step this way? He's in the cold Can I just now. shade this? <clears throat> he was rather well-known a few years ago. Famous fleeting, Harry. Famous fleeting. <laughs> so fleeting except if you're the chosen one also again I have to say because I said it last time Harry is not famous he is infamous he is like he's, he's, it's like saying that um, I don't know Jesus is famous like he's not he's different he's a little famous he's well known <laughs> internationally known internationally known on my phone so um, I keep him in the closed ward um, not that he's dangerous. Well, he's but a danger to himself, bless him. Doesn't know who he is. See, wanders off and can't remember how to get back. It is nice of you to come see him. And they are like, wait, we didn't actually, but they all feel guilty and go in anyway. Uh, Ron doesn't want to stay long. Um, they go in. I'm sorry. So the healer pointed her wand at the door of the Janice Thickney ward and muttered, Alohomora. And the door opens. That's it. So the closed ward of dangerous patients, either to themselves or to other people, is unlocked by the spell that they learn in first year of how to unlock a door magically. They also listen, like, like Eric said, I don't have the time to do St. Mungo's and the ministry. So y'all gonna have to deal with this amount of security I can put in. I'll be around to check once a month but unless you're going to pay me more, there's just, there's only so much I can do. Okay. Spells by Eric. <laughs> Aloha Mora. The password is one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> no, the password is password. It's password. <laughs> password is password. Um, and y'all going to make do. With this lacking spell. Um, this is our long-term residence war. She informed Harry Bond and Hermione in a low voice. For permanent spell damage, you know. 
Of course, with intensive remedial potions and charms and a bit of luck, we can produce some improvement. Gildery seems to be getting back some sense of herself, and we've seen a real improvement in Mr. Bode. I really don't think she should uh-huh. be telling kids these things. Aha, uh-huh, but there's also, no, like, there, there's no HIPAA laws. There's no HIPAA law. <laughs> there are no HIPAA laws here. So, if, or unless she's the, like, healing equivalent of Hagrid. No, you know there's she no HIPAA laws. <laughs> you know there are no HIPAA laws in the magical world. <laughs> don't give them the benefit of the doubt as an institution. We know these institutions are failing. <laughs> Um, he seems to be regaining the power of speech very well, though he isn't speaking any language you recognize yet. Well, I must be—I must finish giving out the Christmas presents. I'll leave you all to chat. Harry looked around. The ward bore unmistakable signs of being a permanent home to its residents. They had many more personal effects around their beds in, than in Mr. Weasley's ward. The wall around Gildery's headboard, for instance, was paper with pictures of himself, all beaming toothily and waving at the new arrivals. He had autographed many of How them. How did he get those? <laughs> They're probably from his office. So remember, his office was just was just the same. Mm-hmm. Somebody said maybe they brought his his, his effects when they realized he was going to be there permanently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that like people don't go see him, but he, they might still send him stuff. Like the people who still believe that he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And like, oh wow, he like wrote all these great books. Let's send him a nice card. And all they got is pictures of himself. So. Why not? Um, the moment he had been deposited in his chair by the healer, Gildery pulled a fresh stack of photographs towards him. He also just has stacks on stacks on stacks of pictures. That's what I'm saying. I, this man had a photographer come and take headshots. Oh, yeah. I didn't know who he was, but he knew he needed headshots. Are they right, headshots he was famous. in the ward? Like, is he posing right beside his bed? Just like, I, don't I think they're any headshots. Lavender gown. No, I think they're old pictures from when he was actually famous. And he had thousands of headshots made because he's magical and was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Hundreds of thousands at this point. Because this is three years later. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he has like the copying charm on the original copies of his... uh... I think that too. I think it's both. I think he just took a bunch of pictures because he won Witches Weekly, Best Mile, five years running. So that's at least 500 photos of himself that he has. And then all his other engagements and press visits and book tours. He got mad photos of himself to use. I guess. And he still gets Also, I, I need to say that we have um, already someone benched this, this healer for violating confidentiality laws. <laughs> I knew I saw that somewhere when you said there's no hip laws. It's like, someone already said this. <laughs> it's already in our, it's already in the MVPs and bench. Dang. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's fast. <laughs> Moving fast. Uh, so he has no idea why people send him fan mail, but they still send him fan mail. Um, a sallow skinned, mournful looking wizard lay in the bed opposite, staring at the ceiling. He was muttering to himself and seemed to be quite unaware of anything around him. Two beds along was a woman whose entire head was covered in fur. Harry remembered something similar happening to Hermione during their second year, although fortunately the damage oh, in her case had not been permanent. You know, she'd been turned into a Hermione, could have been you. Could have been you. Could have been. If not for the amazing of Poppy Pomfrey, who is just, you know, she Undervalued. should be. She could I, bet be you they, I bet you St. Mungo's, like, 
comes to Poppy every summer with just like a more ridiculous package. Listen, we'll name a ward after you. You can get six months off. You could be the assistant just director. Come. We just need you here. You could be the director, like, director. She's like, look. And she's like, these people need me. There's no one else. You don't even understand. She's like, have you not heard of what has occurred at Hogwarts over the past five <laughs> years alone? Have you not? She's heard? like, I literally. It's not for me. And, <laughs> if it's not for me and Minnie, this whole place would be up in flames. Exactly. I just can't do that to my girl. You right. want me to like, leave this to Dumbledore? To Dumbledore. You want me to leave <laughs> the house, the welfare of children. Right. This is the future the of our society. Dumbledore. I have to say, you lost your mind. For the good of the future of the magical communities <laughs> at, at, at large, I must stay at Hogwarts. <laughs> I must stay. I must stay. Ma'am, we will come back next year. You do that, and I will have the same answer. Mm-hmm. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> we are going to talk to the minister. We're going to move some things around. The budget is yours. Okay, but you want to future? You want research? Children, you got it. But the future of Hogwarts <laughs> children? We can give you a whole ward of children. You can nah, <laughs> no. We will move them here. <laughs> By the time they get here, it's too late. People cannot operate or just operate inside of Hogwarts. Have you not read Hogwarts? We, <laughs> we will make. We will work with Dumbledore to change the apparition laws to send the children directly to you. <laughs> um, so as they're talking to one of the healers is talking to Broderick Bode, um, who's been sent. Oh, wait, this is a ha ha, isn't it? Uh-huh. He's been yeah. sent a pot plant and a lovely calendar mm-hmm. with a different fancy hippogriff. A potted plant? Yeah. Doesn't it? It strangles him, right? <laughs> We'll do something, y'all. Watch out for Daily Profit articles. <laughs> it strangles him, right? Because yeah. really have a podcast. So. <laughs> I yes, I just need this. We need this podcast to be visual because y'all are missing some gold. <laughs> Portion like shrugged her shoulders, like you go, you can't wait. Yes, she said, <laughs> It's going down." Can we? Uh, it'll get there in the, in the in the Daily Prophet article, but just in reading it, um, the healer's name that we don't see here, but in the um, Potter wiki says her name is Healer Strout. Noticing Bo's improving speech and mobility, encouraged Bo to look after the plant himself, unaware that the rather ugly plant with long swaying tentacles that she had mistook for a flitter bloom was instead a disguised cutting of devil snare. Dang. One night, the plant, touched by the convalescent Bode, throttled him instantly, causing Bode to asphyxiate. Dang. Cold world. And then the Joanne. next year... Joanne. And then the next year, the keepers at St. Mungo said, Madam Pomfrey, <laughs> who would also extend, will extend a position Even better package. to Professor Sprout. <laughs> you and Professor Sprout, you can both come. <laughs> She'll be in charge of all magical plants. We'll have a whole like natural healing ward and have training. Have training on what plants look like for training that our guests get so that we can ensure (laughs) that it is not poisonous. Professor, we promise to give Eric extra headspace so that there could be a 
Eric, we're going to give him help so that he can check the plants coming in and out of St. Mungo. Upgrade the security on each of the wards so that it's not just Aloha Mora. When did this book come out? When was it published? Eric said, Eric said, I don't know, man. It's a plant. It's fine. It's fine. I'm busy. So this was published in 2003. Put a name on it. Put a name tag on it. Hi, my name is Plant. <laughs> I'm here. This book was published in 2003. If you think about 2003 and like the anthrax attacks, this is all of that. Portia. <laughs> Portia with the receipts and the field. Also happening in the UK, right? Yeah, that was everywhere. Yeah, but I feel like it was like a major just like, you know, whenever it was coming. Yeah. I feel like this is a very like good way, inceptive <laughs> way of just like putting it like in like the plot and also just like this whole spy game thing that's going on. Like you don't really, you're not aware mm-hmm. of like how or why things are happening, but they're happening. And they're basically talking about a weapon of mass destruction, even though it's not actually that, but the assumption mm-hmm. that it's a weapon is sort of like, well, very yeah. Which is also interesting because we kind of got that with um, Fantastic Beasts, which Connie is blanking on completely. She don't know. She, she out. But there is also a lot of discussion about a weapon in the next Fantastic Beast. Mm. Or in Fantastic Beast, and I think it's the, it ends up being the um, Obscurial spoiler. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a common theme. Connie's face says, you can miss me with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to see Magical Gashi. I'm good. <laughs> Magical Guy Fieri is still my favorite thing. It's my it's favorite read. My favorite thing. That's why I keep bringing it up. Because he literally looks like Guy Fieri, though. Like, why? Why? When your um, inside comes out on your outside. <laughs> oh, it was purposefully outside. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the healer, the healer is bustling along, and she um, puts the... Ugly, rather ugly plant with long swaying tentacles on a bedside cabinet. Um, and it's sad that the, the realized. Yeah. You got Harry Von and Hermione in the room. Yeah. But I guess it might look, look different though. It's potted, it's potted and it's okay. probably in a different stage than when they seen it. And also like they were, they, I mean, they were panicked. Hermione was like, light a fire. <laughs> I don't know. How do we get? A, I don't have any matches. <laughs> so, not the best recall there. It's true. Um, so, oh, and Miss Longbottom, are you leaving already? Harry's head spun round. The curtains had been drawn back, and two beds at the end of the ward, and two visitors are walking back down the aisle. Um, a formidable-looking old witch wearing a long green dress and moth-eaten, moth-eaten fox fur. And a pointed hat decorated with what unmistakably, what what was unmistakably a stuffed vulture, and trailing behind her, looking thoroughly depressed, Neville. Just want to shout out Mrs. Longbottom's church lady hat. Yes, Augusta. She's wearing her Easter finest. Slay. She's never not going to be on her Easter finest. She wears it everywhere she goes, all the day. Big old purse. And then I also want to like shout out Neville's boggart. Yes, again. Absolutely. Um, yeah. With a sudden rush of understanding, Harry realized who where the people at the in beds must be. 
He cast around Wilf wildly for some means of distracting the others so that Neville could leave the Aww. ward unnoticed. Um, but Ron had looked up at the same at the sound of the name Longbottom too. Harry could not stop. And before Harry could stop him, he had called Neville. Neville jumped and cowered as though a bullet had narrowly missed him. It's us, Neville. Have you seen Lockhart's here? Who have you been visiting? Ron! She's so nosy. Get out no, of here, Just Ron. the lack of reading the room. Read the Get room. Get out of here, Ron. Literally read who is in the room, like the patients in the room. Go home, Ron. Go home, Ron. Yeah, that's what it is. Get yeah. out of here. Go right home, here. Ronald. We should have like, oh, Amani. you know when I'm always sending you those go home Roger gifts? Make one of those for Ron. <laughs> or jazz Amani or like a go home Roger got the house in Bel Air, but it's Ron. <laughs> 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 but no but honestly like you're here to visit your dad and yes you got distracted by Blockhart and your parents fighting but like no one is in St. Mungo's it's a happy near, on Christmas like yeah right like no one is here on Christmas that wants to chit chat about why they're here or like just just reading the emotional like chill with the, with the, with the glee yeah, why are you so excited, man? But I think the thing is that like Ron was happy to see Neville because he was feeling guilty because his wand was the one that got that landed yeah. um, Lockhart. He, he, was, he was yeah, he was sitting there in his guilt, and then as soon as he got a distraction of Longbottom, he was like, "Oh, let's jump on that because I don't want to sit here with my feelings <laughs> right now. I want to jump onto something else. Let's let's focus on some someone else's feelings." Mm-hmm. And I get that, and but I also still think that there's a way to do that without but it's wrong. like putting it's, Neville on blast. Have you like, met Ronald Billius, have you met Ron? Obviously, that's, that's who we're talking about right now. You I mean, you're him? not wrong. I've met him, and I've said, and this might be my theme for this book. I just am not in the business of keeping or trying to understand Ron's motives for anything. <laughs> I don't want to defend any of his choices ever. So let's just move on. So. <laughs> Neville jumped up. Friends of yours, Neville, dear, said Neville's grandmother um, graciously, bearing down upon them all. Neville looked as though he would rather be anywhere in the world but here. Ah, yes. Yes, I know who you are. Of course. Neville speaks most highly of you, she said, um, peering at Harry and sticking out a hand for him to shake. Er, thanks. And you two are clearly Weasleys. Yes, I know your parents. Not well, of course. But fine people, fine people. And you must be Hermione Granger. No, hold yes. up. Neville's told me all about you. I feel like you don't talk Neville. enough about the grandparent level. So, like, you know that the Weasley parents did not go to school with, like, the Marauders. And therefore probably maybe didn't go, weren't in the same years as the Longbottom parents. But, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that, because people have children at different ages. So, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, Augusta wouldn't have known, like, Weasley grandparents. But also, why are there no Weasley grandparents? I feel like... Uh, Muriel is, I like... I like Augusta and Muriel see like, tea. Well, yeah, so I'm saying, I think Augusta and Muriel, and also, um... Who else is, like, that age group that just came to my head? Oh, Someone what's, else her, what's her face? Matilda, um, right? Yeah. Backshot? I feel like... They're probably all sipping tea, trying to uh, have a little like thing. I think that they with Molly's family, they were probably roommates. Tea party. 
they don't have time. They don't have time to um, be roommates because they're like all on their own, doing their own little thing they're or grown. whatever. They're like two. No, I mean, in Hogwarts, yeah, they love having I mean, when they were shit. in school. Uh, oh yeah, I'm like, for, I'm like right now. No, no, no. Uh, they were probably roommates in Hogwarts, and they have reunion teas. Maybe get I feel like my my she image that of she Mrs. Knows Longbottom. She, she was like Mrs. Longbottom is younger than Mathilda and not Muriel. Yeah. That doesn't mean she does not invite the tea because intergenerational relationships are fine. But <laughs> I just feel like they weren't Hogwarts peers. Well, and then you also have to remember that, like, the Weasleys have a rather large family, right? Like, right. So it's like, you guess, well, I guess you two are clearly Weasleys. Doesn't mean she doesn't intimate, like, closely because of she can them being the also be closer are. to, um, like, the Malfoy side of the, you know, because like the Malfoys aren't following the Weasleys that much, but like they're clearly Weasleys because the Weasleys yeah. are part of that pure 28 or whatever. But also, they're just so recognizable. But yeah. it's just interesting to think about their, the relationships between like the older generations and the fact that we don't see it as often as I think we should, considering yeah. how old wizards live to be. And I know that the Wizarding War happened, but like I don't think that explains why there are so many gaps in so many families. And the lack of like grandparents we see, and even great grandparents at this point, because Aunt Muriel sounds like a great aunt, and I think mm-hmm. they might have described her as mm-hmm. that. But like, mm-hmm. and we at some point realize or learn, I think, I guess this book that the Pruitts died, like the twins, Fabian, Fabian and Gideon. But like, if their parent, if the like, say the Pruitt parents also died in the war, like you would have thought that would been like something mentioned, you know. So it's just like I feel of, like maybe they the lack of that level before, but they died. They probably died like soon after, out of heart like heartbreak. Right. I don't know why. Because you do that to your, you did that to yourself. A terrible person. You did that to yourself. I know. Do you think that yeah. um, maybe um, Augusta is Augusta Longbottom is uh, McGonagall's age because whenever she talks about yeah. her, she's like, ah. Oh. Don't worry about her. She be in her. She be in her feelings too much. Whenever she talks to Neville, like she's like, "Don't worry about your grandmother." She just be talking out of her mouth sometimes. Oh, maybe like, they were roommates. Oh, I love that. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they were roommates, she, and they're the ones who have tea occasionally. And she's like, "Girl, if you don't, you have to remember that McGonagall is like only like four years older than Hagrid. Because mm. Hagrid's in his sixties. He's like seventy mm. now. I have to revisit my Hogwarts PhD story. <laughs> to remember these facts you'll want that story as it is as it exists but yeah i think it's interesting to think about we would definitely need to do a better job of uh mapping out mapping out like the time frames and stuff but i think one of the things about the wizarding war that and this is i'm going to do it to myself again that we don't really think about is when you're dealing with that level of like parents losing kids and like that kind of like fear that they lived in and stuff there's a lot of things i, I watch a lot of finding your roots um but there's a lot of stories that families stop telling and stop talking about just because it's too painful and then you lose a lot of those connections and stories because to talk about you know the weasley's uncles or the weasley's grandparents would mean talking a lot about molly's childhood and then like that obvious loss of the the twins you know Mm -hmm. so people just end up ignoring whole stories because they don't want to deal with the pain. Yeah. And that's how you lose a lot of these connections. Very real. And everyone in Harry's orbit now 
was highly, like, was very closely affected by the first Wizarding War. So there, it makes sense that there's a lot of things that they just don't know because they don't talk about it. Yeah. Especially because the war has so much taboo about it. Especially with, like, the literal villain. They don't even <laughs> talk about him. <laughs> so there's just so much that they don't right. say because they can't talk about so much of the main parts of it. because. And, like, the main crux of the war, if you're talking about it around Harry, is that it ends with the death of Harry's parents. Mm-hmm. So it's they just don't bring that up that to him and bring him. They don't want to bring that up around him, you know. Yep. So, um, so yeah. So Hermione looked rather startled that Mrs. Longbottom knew her name, but she shook hands all the same. Yes, Neville told me all about you. Helped him into a few, helped him out of a few sticky spots, haven't you? He's a good boy, but he hasn't got his father's talent. I'm afraid to say. And she jerked her head in the direction so of the two beds at the end of the ward. What? And said Ron, looking amazed. Harry wanted to stamp on Ron's foot, but that sort of thing was much harder to bring off unnoticed when you were wearing jeans rather than robes. Is that your dad down there, Neville? Ron. 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 Go home, Ron. Ron. <sighs> read the room. Literally read the room. Go home. Um... What's this, said Mrs. Longbottom sharply. Haven't you told your friends about your parents, Neville? Neville took a deep breath, looked up at the ceiling, and shook his head. But they're not, like, friends. And also, like... like, It's his business, but also, like, they they literally are just, like, busy with each other and don't have time for poor Neville. They like him and they hang out with him whenever, but, like, they're not, like, BFFs. (laughs) So no, he has not told them because he's like, y'all over there, you don't got time for me. I don't want to tell you all this. I think this is also indicative of like how she's dealing with their current mental states and how she's able to process um, her grief with the space state of her son and his um, wife because she takes it with pride. She takes it with, you know, a certain amount of like gravitas that this is what happened to them. Like they were doing it for the greater good and Mm-hmm. They're part of this greater thing. And so that's how she looks at it. And so she feels perhaps that she did, hasn't been talking about it in like a good way with Neville if he doesn't feel the same way that she feels about it. Although she's not considering like the two different people. They have two different ways, two different relationships with these people. And, and Neville never got problems. to, Neville doesn't get to like compare what they were with who they are now. Right. He was too young. Right, but he was also so he's known them as this right his whole life, right, like right, and like his most transformative memory, like the same way that like Harry's first, you know, the memory of the green light comes back and back and back is the same for Neville, right? He's like he's seeing and he them to, get like, tortured, and also has to deal with the concept, like see the consequences of it, like unlike Harry's thing where his parents have died. He doesn't have to like he doesn't have to see them all the time. So like while they may be ever present in his like heart, they're not ever present in his physical eyes and space. And so Neville's like, look, I have to deal with this once a year or however often they go visit them. Like who knows? I'm probably every, every break. break. It could be every probably, break, yeah. but he has to deal with that. And like, why would you want to put, bring that into a space that probably like Harry is like the happiest place for him because he doesn't feel like Neville. I think it's been brought up that like they didn't think he was going to be magical. They kind of, even the way she's talking about him now kind of undercuts Neville 
And so like the way that his family talks about him and treats him is sort of like, you're not that much, you're nothing. And like, you're nothing compared to your parents who did this great thing and sacrificed themselves. And then it's like, Oh, now let's go see them and have to put that in your face even more. Neville is literally the intersection of Ronald Weasley and Harry Potter. Because Neville has that thing that Ron has about living up to his brothers and sisters and, like, our mm-hmm. brothers. You know, like, he's not going to be the first one. He's never going to be, like, even if he's good, he's not that good. He has that, that with his great. parents, right? Even if I'm good, I'm not that good. Even if I, you know, I'm never going to live up to that. Because the person who raises him, in her mind, Neville's her child the same way that Frank is her child, right? So, like she's probably talking about them like they're kind of like siblings, you know, as opposed to Father and having that separation. You know what I mean? Because well, so she's raising both of them. See them. Yeah. She still has to take right. care of both of them. Right. She's taking care of like everyone, but then he also has the hairiness of it all. <laughs> hairiness. But yeah, so it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot going on there. It's so much. And I, Jesus, Neville. So Neville takes a deep breath. Harry could not remember ever feeling sorrier for anyone, um, but he could not think of any way of helping Neville out of the situation. Well, it's nothing to be ashamed of, said Mrs. Longbottom. You should be proud, Neville, proud. They didn't give their health and their sanity so their only son would be ashamed of them, you know. I'm not ashamed, said Neville very faintly. I guess it's more, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> um, <laughs> still looking anywhere but at Harry and the others. Ron was now standing on tiptoe to look over at the inhabitants of the two beds. I just... Ronald. Why? Go home. Like, you gotta be Look at your life. Look at your choices. Go home. (laughs) He's looking at... He's treating it like it's a soap opera or like another, you know, like an interesting... Like, ooh, this is like juicy gossip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This is someone's life, dude. That's Mrs. Weasley um, coming out at him. Like, yeah. Um, you, well, you've got a funny way of showing it, said Miss Longbottom. My son and his wife, she said, turning haughtily to Harry, Ron, Hermione, were tortured into insanity by you know his followers. And Jenny. And Jenny. Don't, and don't Peggy Jenny. <laughs> Harry, Ron, Jenny. Hermione, and Jenny. <laughs> the magical sisters. Um, so Hermione and Ginny both clapped their hands over their mouths. Ron stopped craning his neck to catch a glimpse of Neville's parents and looked mortified, as you should have looked 15 minutes ago. The whole time. As soon as you saw Spoonley in a hospital, you'd be like, what? As soon as you saw Lockhart, you should have been mortified. I haven't been paying attention to the things going on outside of me and my two friends for five years. And I barely paid any attention to what's going on with them, because if I'm not the king of Quidditch... Lord Jesus. <laughs> For sure. I almost died. Okay. She, she performs her t- duties so well. <laughs> and then she goes up the book again. <laughs> um, okay. They're auras, you know, and very well respected within the wizarding community. Highly gifted, the pair of them. I, yes, Alistair, what is it? Neville's mother had come edging down the ward in her nightdress. She no longer had the plump, happy-looking face Harry had seen in the old photograph of the original order. Her face was thin and worn now. Her eyes seemed overlarge, and her hair had turned white. Um, her hair, which had turned white, was wispy and dead-looking. She did not seem to want to speak, or perhaps she was not able to, but she made timid motions toward Neville holding something in her outstretched hand. 
again, said Miss Longarm, sounding slightly weary. Very well, Alice, dear. Very well. Devil, take it. Whatever it is. So it's like, even you're dismissive of it. Can I? You know, like. Right. Like, again. She's proud of them, but she's, she's living in their former glory and not looking at what they are now, you Can know? I, objection. And how that wears. She's not looking oh, at the shared couple's family glory. She makes a point to only talk about the father because that's her son. So she's <laughs> saying, your father's talent. And then when his mother comes up and she's giving something to her son, she's like, oh, not this again. She doesn't have the same sympathy that like, if that was her child, if the if the mother were her child, she probably would have, she probably would have a bit more sympathy for it yeah yeah, it's probably annoying after a while but she probably would come from it from a different place and i feel like that's very mother of law of her (laughs) she mostly does talk about them as a pair but yeah what you're saying is sort of like they're a pair but it was frank and then and then and his wife (laughs) right it's very mother-in-law of her and as someone who is going to be married it's kind of like very clear to me, like these little Uh-oh. signs. Like it's oh, just like, oh, oh. Hmm. oh. interesting. Oh, but my Ooh. thought was about Neville's personality in general and how he has to like see his parents like this all the time. And I think that his like soft, timid personality is built directly because of how he has to interact with them and their state. Like, oh, they're very, you know, she made timid motions toward Neville. And so he does that back in order to match where they are. And so that's kind of why he's this like, right. And that's why he's kind of this like sensitive child who like walks through the world and is, you know, like, I'm not going to talk to you until you come up to me first and stuff like that. Like part of that might be because he's always deferring to his parents and kind of not wanting to scare them or whatever. So he's just grown up like that because it's just been his whole life. And I want to get to the field for a second because I'm sorry. No, we're we're not already there. But so... Wait, 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 wait. We're just now getting into the fields? Yes. Like now? Yes, right now. Now we're starting. I just wanted to get... We weren't in the fields before. Dig up... Feelings hold. Just and the clarification of where we are. A little I st- thought we were deep in the field. And you're bit. telling me we were just sticking our toe in the water. I'm just fading a little bit. Um, okay. All right. So. Oh, God. If you think about it, the rappers are all that, like, Alice really has to give her son. Because she doesn't really have any possessions there. And oh, God. There. And. Yeah. She doesn't quite, she might not quite remember, like, who he is, but she does feel that connection to him being her son. heart is pillow. And she, um, she wants to make sure that her child has something on Christmas, that she has, that he has something from her when he visits her. On Christmas. And especially on Christmas, that, like, she sees other people giving gifts to people, and so she wants to make sure her son has something. Because I think... It's a thing that she always gives him these rappers, but the fact that she right. did again sounds like it's like really more than one or more than like a second time. And so, right, yeah, I think she's probably giving him an extra Christmas present. Right. So, and, 
this reminds me a lot of sorry, and this is and I might end up crying because this is so raw and present in my life right now, but of Alzheimer's. Oh yeah. And they don't I think it's a direct remember you, but they remember correlation, yeah. I think it is yeah, I think it is on purpose, but they remember they know that there are feelings there. They know that they're they feel comfortable with you, even if they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. They recognize your your importance to them, even if they can't make those like strict connections. And and I think that one of the things that is really hard about that for Neville and the people who deal with the person with Alzheimer's is seeing that kindness, but knowing that they're that they don't that it's a lot of it is just like m- muscle memory a little bit, and it's mm-hmm. not like. There isn't like a. It's not you. Yeah. Like there's a thing about it that is you, but not a like you're saying, not a physical direct connection. And so there, it's. I think it's sort of like what you were saying about Lockhart and it being his like base, like he's just boiled down to his base um, self. And I think that people with Alzheimer's and in this case the Long Bottoms are sort of, they're just basic human kindness and their basic human emotions and so that like they would give to anyone or like be kind and like appear to anyone but they just know there's something about this one person that means that they should give that extra candy wrapper but they just can't don't know why maybe um and then I think the other thing about that that is really hard is that you like Neville recognizes they're never they're never going to be giving that they're not giving that candy wrapper to Neville the 15 year old they're giving that candy wrapper to Neville the one year old mm. who they love mm. and he's like into the that phantom Neville yeah. who's not there anymore yeah that's probably like to me that makes that makes me wonder like what their interactions look like during each stage, like each year of his life, because they, at, maybe at some point they're kind of retaining like his face over time, like what he's grown into. Cause like where they remember him, they still interact with him in the same way. And the fact that um, Neville, like he's a, he was a kid at some point, you know? So as a kid, you kind of hope for things that even though you may like the grownups around you may tell you like that it's never going to happen at some point as a kid, he probably hoped that his parents would be his parents again. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he's probably had to grow through that, like grow through the hope and then back into this age of like understanding and, and that's why he doesn't want to talk about it. So leave him alone, Mrs. Longbottom. Matthew just shared, like, one of my favorite slash worst Tumblr posts in the chat room, and we'll share it out on Twitter during the thing, but it's a recreation of um, this scene, and it is all failed. Yeah. But... I mean, this whole chapter, but mostly this part of the Beautifully drawn. (laughs) Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. (laughs) Um, Okay, we are so close to the end. That is such an insult to that drawing, oh. though. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be an insult. But the drawing is beautiful. It's just like it doesn't need to be. Like we didn't need to memorialize this. Yes, scene. It's too sad. It's a really great point to oh. memorialize. 
Um, yeah, so um, so his mother had um, given him a wrapper, and Neville said quietly, thanks, Mom. She tottered her way back up the ward, humming to herself. Neville looked around at the others, his expression defiant. That's why he's in Gryffindor. As though daring them to laugh. Right there. But Harry did not think he'd ever found anything less funny in his life. Well, we and better get back to the like, long bottom. He thought that they could laugh means that someone has. Like, I feel like... Or the fact that and it's probably Malfoy or Snape. Right. No, I'm thinking it's probably one of those two. And, like, I want to say Snape wouldn't go that low, but I don't know if I can actually say that with confidence. Snape hates him because his parents didn't die. Yeah. Because his parents weren't chosen. I feel like um, so I don't think you can get much lower of the four of them in that group who'd be the most likely to freaking laugh but he doesn't he doesn't he gets over it he figures it out and he's like oh crap I gotta stop actually you know what I take that back Ron does have chill (laughs) Ron would not do that like that's one of the things about like I wrote about like the dismantling of his legacy like Ron once he fully understands would never Movie Ron might. Fucking Chris Child Ron definitely. Because he's just a goddamn joke. He doesn't exist. I don't know them. I'm not I'm just here because uh, these is my kids, I guess. These is my uncles, my my best friend's kids. Um, I'm here with this lot because I guess, but my kids didn't do nothing. Shut up. Yo, what? What? They're still your family, fam. Yeah, but book Ron would never. If he fully understood, and once he does fully understand, Mm -hmm. he he would Like I said earlier, once he has all the pieces on the board, fire. (laughs) But he didn't have all the pieces, and he wasn't really looking for them. Once you place them in front of him on that board, he got you. (laughs) They can be all mixed up. They don't have to be in... He'll put them in order for you, but they gotta all be on the board. He didn't have all, all the pieces on the, on the board until they were like, "Is his parents. They set that like, last oh. piece down and he was like, I'm here. Exactly. Got it. I'm so mad at how long it took looking, craning over, trying to figure out what he was going. He didn't have all the pieces on the board. <laughs> Clarissa, we're going to need you to make a sticker. Ron needs all the pieces on the board. <laughs> oh, God. I, But I do, I do think thinking about who like Neville's defiance of I dare you to laugh, you know? Because we also see this with um when he goes charging after Malfoy. Mm-hmm. And um and was it Care Against Care of Magical Creatures or I forget when, but when he, he threw all caution to the wind when Malfoy was popping off at the mouth. The Caros later. Hmm? The Caros. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's a grip. It, it shows a, a bit of the Gryffindor in him, but it also shows that, like it does. It's it's his own way of showing that he's not at all ashamed of his parents. Also, it's pride. But but he but it's personal. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's something that you know. It's his. Right. There's that too. Is that he's like he doesn't have head. to share them. And so, and he can't really share them because he can't, like, bring them out into the world. But, like, since he can't share them, then he's going to keep them for himself. Why are you sounding like that? I wish we had seen... Why are you the way that you are? Because I'm Neville. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm somewhere between Neville and Harry. Can we finish so the I just have so I can go take a nap? <laughs> this is too much. So as they leave, yeah, Harry was sure that Neville he saw Neville slip the sweet wrapper into his into his pocket. The door closed behind them. I never knew, said Hermione, who looked tearful. And she probably would have been the one, her or Ginny would have been the one to, like, know the most because they're the ones who are actually the closest mm-hmm. to Neville and, like, actually... And listen to him when he talks. And listen to him when he mm-hmm. talks. Um, but neither Ron nor Ginny knew. They all looked at Harry. I did. Dumbledore told me, but I promised I wouldn't tell anyone. That's what Bellatrix was strange got sent to ask Caban for. Are we not going to... a curse on Neville's parents until they lost their minds. Are we not going to talk about Bertie Codge Jr. and his role in this too, Harry? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Bellatrix is the is like the main, the one though. She's the one. She delighted in it. Like she was the ringleader. Did Bertie Crouch Jr. Jr. was not like also participate and also go to Azkaban for his crimes? So did his her husband, but like, and we should point them all. But out. now Barty Crouch done leveled up. Like they don't need Barty Crouch done, like that was well. He leveled one up thing. and got knocked down. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he's over. I'm like, are you going to forget? Like, you're going to forget about Barty all the other aspects of it. You're going to just like put it on Belgrix. Like let's mm-hmm. let's point out all the different. He ain't got no soul. She deserves it. He ain't got. He ain't. He ain't got no soul. He ain't got nothing she to do. She absolutely deserves it. And nobody talks about her husband. I'm saying reveal all the puzzle pieces because he ain't nobody. Because she ignores him too. I don't know. She deserves to yeah. get all the credit because that's what she wanted. And she wanted to be the one and in charge. And it was like, you do that for me. And they were like, okay. Because they were scared of her. But she's the one. But yeah, she deserves it. Yeah, I'm saying. In order for context, he could have given Barty Crouch Jr. Lay all the pieces for Ron, Harry. <laughs> he doesn't know yet that Ron needs all the pieces. Belichick yeah. Strange did that, whispered Hermione, horrified. That woman creatures got in got a photo of in his den. There's a long silence. The very Lockhart's same one, angry voice. Look, I didn't I didn't learn joined up writing for nothing, you know. And by the way, joined up writing cursive. No he also has no cursive. Chill. That is that, that, that how they say it in Britain, or is that no. just the like way that he says his, he doesn't understand me better? His adult brain. <laughs> that that's fine. His adult brain. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> he figured it out though. <sighs> Good on you. Um. All right. So MVPs. Neville freaking Longbottom for being Tell a stand-up it. boy. Say it again. Neville freaking Longbottom being a stand-up boy. <laughs> Same for Portia. Same Z's. Um, Bayana also made bean. Neville her MVP. He's a precious bean who will. Huh? He's a precious bean who will grow up and no. glow up. Can we just. Glow up. Uh, the only thing there is uh, the fact that, I mean, there's a lot going on with him and his parents, but if anyone in that room was going to um, identify that devil snare, it was going to be him. Oh, oh, Portia. <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> Go lay down. God oh. damn you. Wow. If they had Ooh. distracted him, he would have been like, excuse me, Miss Healer, why is there devil Literally snare right the there? Out. Literally on the way out as they mm. were coming in with the plants. He definitely would have passed him and been like, hold up. That's some he would have caught it. There. 
Hold up, Sam. What you doing here? I don't seem safe. Especially with his Eric. parents in the room. And Eric. That ain't safe. Brother Eric. Especially Brother with his Eric. parents in the room. <laughs> like, exactly. Especially with his parents in the room. Right. He's been like, nah, we can't have this. <laughs> Can we find a good bonfire real quick? Because I don't need my mom around this. <laughs> <laughs> Can we perform spells in here? Great. Okay, so I um, made serious my MVP. Oh, I had no idea you would do that. Hmm. Well, I did. Um, because he made the best of a he bad situation. The Christmas spirit. He brought the Christmas he spirit. Brought the Christmas spirit. Um, Matthew made uh, Harry his MVP for not telling people about Neville's. He kept his mouth shut when he was supposed to. For once, he refrained from gossip and rumors. For once. But you had to clap it out. Which he sure did. Good job, Mary. Um, Laurel made Ginny her MVP for finally getting some clap back. Finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she stepped up and talked to her uh, man. <laughs> of course. She did talk to her mans. Fortunately, she disagrees. I think that's all of our MVPs. Who's benched? Bella Tricks the Strange for causing this whole situation in the first place. Who then at the truth? She actually has a role in. If she wasn't in the game, none of this would happen. Yeah. Like, literally, none of it. Right. Because, well, she did that after Voldemort already died. So, Harry's situation would have been the same. But Neville's life would have been different. Neville's life would have been so much better. Whew, Bellatrix, you, you terrible human. <laughs> Portia? I bench Percy because in a chapter full of family feels, of course, Percy is the one who's going to just twist on a little dagger and mm-hmm. not the value of what he has around him. And in the spirit of Christmas and my birthday, he just, he, I'm really sad to bench a fellow P person, but he's got to go. He said in the spirit of Christmas and my birthday, she did. all Portia day. All Portia day. All Portia's Eve. <laughs> Percy gotta go. I'm benching Eric. I just feel like if what? I can't do the job, my man, what? like, he doesn't get some go other there. folks in there. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me how he's supposed to be the security officer for both the St. Mungo's and the ministry. He can't. How does that work? He doesn't have the rate. So he should. Yes. <laughs> okay, I did. <laughs> Okay, I'm not binging Eric, but I'm binging St. Mungo's for just lack, terrible security. That's and valid. yeah, and letting like just letting folk, letting their healers and training do all manner of experimental surgeries without having someone watching, wreaking havoc on poor Arthur's ravaged body. It's not good. It's not good. Um, so Matthew benches Snape because he hates Neville, um, because in Severus's machismo little brain, if Tom Marvolo had just murdered Neville's parents, Lily would be his. I mean, alive. Mm-hmm. He's going to channel some of that Portia shade that Lily would be his. And second place goes to Grandmother Longbottom because she's bleeding the worst of Wizard Society now. Um, Laurel benches Ron for nosing. Period. Point blank period. Ron be nosing. And that's that. And I think, um, oh, Ariana made Neville her MVP and has benched Bellatrix because... Well, we know why. We know why. You know what you did, Bellatrix. Awesome. So thank you guys for listening. 
Next week, we'll be discussing chapter 24 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Occlumency. Fuck. I got feels. I got feels on feels on feels. Next chapter will be an all caps chapter. Make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for this chapter. And if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can at WeBlackAndNerds hashtag WizardTeam. Join our Slack. We will be talking a lot about this chapter of feels or our Facebook group, um, the Wizard Team Facebook group. So thank you and follow us at We Black and Nerds at Black Girls Create. You can follow Connie at Comstar24. Um, and you can actually read what she writes when she posts it and shares it. Read it. She's very talented. Um, follow Portia at, wait, are you still Portia P? No. Portia P. Portia underscore Avi. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, follow Portia at Portia underscore Avi. Read her awesome um, book reviews. Portia's giving us, dropping fantastic knowledge on us every other week, um, letting us know the books that we should read. And yeah, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.